0: down get a hold of yourself please, please let
1: me handle this calm down now get back to your seat i'll take care of this calm down. calm
0: down
2: get a hold of yourself
3: don't do you want it on the phone everything's going been all right Sister,
4: please
3: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, December 22nd, 21st, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. An important show. Some pretty interesting developments that I'm actually not too upset about. I was actually not too surprised to find out, as you've already seen, the breaking news on the headline. I was re censored, re banned, re suspended permanently on Twitter yet again. And we'll go over this today. And it's, I, I don't want this to be the main part of the story. The story is not that T-Lab was censored again, but what that means in the context of all of this, despite that being the headline. It, it's, it's really under, we, I, I have been holding my judgment. I mean, I, well, I mean, you, you guys watch this show, I give you my opinions all the time. But in my final judgment, like in whether I feel this is this or that, whether we he's saved free speech or not, whether these files show this or not, I'm holding out my judgment because my opinion is that we don't know yet. This is one more example of why I think, and a very strong one for me personally, right? This is dealing with my account and my engagement. So on a personal level, I feel quite strongly this shows us everything we need to know unless this is... I guess, corrected and it's a glitch or they say it's a glitch or something happens. I mean, there are possible caveats. Speaking of that, even though I did appeal, and I'll show you this before we get started, I figured I forgot I was going to go ahead and just check just to be sure. Two things, actually. One, to make sure that my other account wasn't back. And two, that my current account isn't suddenly deleted because that hasn't happened yet. But I'm waiting for that. But no, everything still seems to be the same. On a personal level, I think it's pretty clear that unless there was some other issue here or glitch or some other problem, that this is kind of, to me, definitively proving that this is not at least free speech. You can still play the game of, of limited speech and whether there's reasons for that. But when you're censoring people based on, which I'll get into, the argument of ban evasion, which is what they just hit me with, when you're telling somebody that the un- the ban that they were experiencing before was unjust, or that they unbanned it and let me come back on the platform. And yet, because I had the other account, that now suddenly I'm evading a ban. But what ban? Didn't they just bring back the account? None of this really makes any sense. Personally, I feel it feels personal. It feels like somebody made some kind of weird decision around the rules to make sure that I wouldn't, as well as other people, couldn't come back. Because it's not just me. There's plenty of other people that haven't been brought back on yet. Plenty of other people that have been censored while this has been happening that just don't get any attention. Thank God I've got an amazing audience like you guys that care about what's going on both with me personally and just free speech that are willing to talk about these things even when they're unpopular. But we'll go over this today. The first part of the show is going to be focused on this and how this is important and the interesting contradictions and what's happened with the corporate media side of this and what's being stated today. It's very interesting, but we're also going to kind of finish the show that we didn't get to finish the I believe it was two days ago. I think it was, I was live and I had a really crazy mix up I did with the time difference for, for me and Dr. Peter McCullough. And I, I had to literally stop mid show and jump over so I wouldn't lose him and only got about a good 30 minutes with him. But it was a great interview. My point being is I had a whole rest of the show lined up and that's why I used the second part of the title today the way I did, which I actually really liked that title, but I, there was a point that I made, I wanted to make with that title. Which, as I, you guys can see today, that the, the science, I because very clearly, or I should just say, science is very clearly proving that this is dangerous. That it's not right for everybody, or anybody for that matter. And the point is that the science, trademark, disagrees. Just very clearly highlighting the difference between those two things. So those are the basic two points of the show today. Within it, a lot of tangential points. And we'll jump through and, and make sure we do our best to make this as clear as possible to... And objective as possible to what's really going on here, or the fact that we may not know. And I will shout out that uh, I just finished an, a, a really, a, I really enjoyed finishing an autonomy course I just did with Grand Theft World and Autonomy that should be coming out in the next week, I believe. I think I just have to send them a couple more things, but it was based on this exact topic the concept of, which I was kind of surprised to, to think that to, to hear that people were interested in seeing this, but sort of a, a, a course on, at least in my personal experience, what I do to maintain. Yeah, as I call it, irritating objectivity. And I framed it in the show in a, in a, a time of, of a subjective world gone mad is what it kind of feels like today. And that's why we have to kind of overcorrect in that direction. But all that being said, that's kind of the point today is, is where we're trying to maintain this. And even in the face of this censorship, I want to try to maintain this concept, you know, right? Who knows what's really going on? There's certain so, certainly it could it be secret employees that still work for some shadowy entity? Could it be the FBI that did this to me? Of course, anything's possible. But the point is, we don't know. And I love how people want to take excuses that make things. It's like with Trump in the same way. Everybody was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt when there was somebody that supported him. Oh, I'm sure there's a reason that that he did the thing that we all said he wouldn't do. There's probably a justification. And then whether it ever even gets shown or not, that's just something that stays well. He probably had a reason. That's what's happening today, I think. But we got to be careful not to allow that to happen. But let's start today with this discussion. Oh, I actually forgot that I had uh, two small points I wanted to point out that I just included last second that I think are just ridiculous one that I'm sure you've seen and I, I want to I'm, I'm going to try to either whether I do it myself or get somebody else on the team to do a deep dive on this specifically the the, the well we're the the omnibus bill in general, and as we've always talked with the NDAA specifically, we've always tried to do a dive on to show you guys the absurdities that get sc- jammed into this gigantic thing that nobody ever reads. And there's whether we're talking about writers or different ways this works, there's always ways that the other politicians can slide in different things. And typically they use them as a, as a bargaining tool. Oh, well, you want me to agree with this? Well, you better include my Yemen bill in there. Oh, well, you ought to include more money for Zelensky, Right. That's how this works. And typically there are things that you don't even hear about. You'll dig through and find some arbitrary, ridiculous thing about how you're not allowed to criticize Israel. It's like, how did that even make its way in there? Because it's a game being played. But as Jordan Satchdale points out, the omnibus bill that pa- will pass by Friday will include an additional $1.7 trillion. Not a typo. You heard that correctly. An additional $1.7 trillion. Your mind can't, and not, it's not just your mind listening. It's literally anybody's mind is not capable of really fathoming how much that is. You can't really comprehend that much. Like, I, I should play, it's a long clip, but I have this great clip that kind of breaks down, even just how like $1 million is so much more than you realize. And when you really continue to see it, it's just it's just football fields upon football fields of skyscraper tall stacks of money, and we're barely even getting into the trillions. I mean, it's, it's obscene and we're spend, they're spending your money on this in regard to government spending. You know what 90% of that goes to? Military defense and some other tangential points that they call a, a, The point is military spending is almost everything. There's plenty of defense and other things that they just don't categorize as military, but all of this tends to be in that same direction, especially today. Now, God only knows how much is going to be earmarked for bioengineering, which all, by the way, ends up in defense, and it's all the same concept. And on top of that, that, or that's on top of the $858 billion they just spent on the NDAA. I mean, how this, as he points out, it's all funny money at this point. I mean, it's almost meaningless, except that it reduces the money or the goods that you can buy with that same dollar. But we'll come back to this potentially or most likely in different ways. But one last other point before we talk about Twitter, those that have been watching the show a long time know I used to make a recurring point about how ridiculous this is. And I'm going to finish today actually with a point Kind of brings this together, the absurdity of the, the, the illusion of government process and accountability. And that's not just governments, but it's the governments that then pretend to hold accountable corporations just like this. Wells Fargo agrees to a $3.7 billion settlement over consumer abuses. Oh, is this the 5th, the 14th? Oh, and that's the 30th time they've done this. Got it. Okay, so they've done this a lot of times. i mean, facetious, but I think off the top of my head, I have at least covered 10, 12 different times this has happened. And there's smaller, different fees and, and coverages and points, or sometimes they don't even get fined. But there's been numerous stories. Wells Fargo, oh, it looks like they cheated their, their savings and loans. Oh, it looks like they stole from veterans and their car loans got pulled back over and over and over, and then they get a slap with a billion-dollar fine or something like that. And by the way, my numbers could be off here or there based on, but I'm just pulling this off the top of my head. But overall, you guys have seen this. We've talked about this many times. And the point is, Wells Fargo has well learned the process by now. They go, oh, okay, we get it. Wink, wink. We understand. So we'll just earmark about $5 billion every year just in case you guys want to make it look like we're being held accountable. And we'll probably factor that into some of the things you give back to us in different programs later down the year. doesn't matter as long as the people think we're being held accountable. No criminal action. No, no, no. Just give us some money. And you know how much money they made on top of that? Probably four times that much. It's the cost of doing business. So as far as Wells Fargo is concerned, it's okay to lie, cheat, and steal as long as you save a little money to the side to pay off the mafiosos that are going to look the other way when you give them the money. If you read through this, it'll make you sick to realize what's happening. The small people are being screwed. And you know the average person that lost their entire bank account because of stuff like this? You know how often they get something back for that? Yeah, you're thinking correctly. The point is this happens over and over, guys. It's the same with any of these companies. Or the fact that a cor- somebody in the government can simply be caught in a gigantic scandal and just resign in disgrace. And we act like that's enough. Oh, good. Next time I get caught, you know, next time I murder somebody, can I just quit my job? Is that, is that how that works? Only when you're famous or only when you're in, the, in, a politi- uh, in a political position. Not always, obviously. My point being is this is a game. And we're going to end today with a point that makes that even more clear. And this applies to everything we're dealing with. Everything, guys. I feel literally everything in front of us today is being at least molded in some way to drive us in a very clear direction. Now, I don't even need to tell you what that is. I I bet you all know what I'm talking about. But if I don't, whatever you're thinking is probably involved. So just realize that we're trying to be shaped right now in thousand different ways. And all these people, uh, you know, <laughs> the very, 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 very small fraction of people in the upper echelons are all playing the same game. And you know who's one of them? Elon Musk. I would say that regardless of whether my account just got censored again. I've always maintained that. So what's funny about this is the... The fact that this now got censored again, or even the fact that I just got it back. Every time these things keep happening, the people in the peanut gallery who haven't even listened to the arguments we're making, they love to jump in and give you the talking points, right? All the Elon fanboys out there are going, oh, wait, no, look, at you got your account back. You were wrong the whole time. Even though we never really said wrong or right. We said, this doesn't feel like it's going in the right direction, but let's wait and see, you know, actual nuance. But no, they don't want to hear that. Now that it's gotten deleted again, all they can give me is just pumping my comments full of all the excuses that were being told. Even though, how do they know what happened? <laughs> right? Oh, so now they know that I was of Do they know that? Or do they just read something that was posted? You see, the point is it's all based on assumption and faith that they're telling you the truth. right? This is the new religion, apparently. The new journalism religion. We're just going to trust what they tell us. Which, by the way, they've been trying to do for a really long time. So the problem is that this is based on the two-party paradigm back and forth. It's always been this way. And I, I think what we can see very clearly is that every single action is continually stepping in the opposite direction of transparency, the opposite direction of actual free speech. Now, again, we can have the debate about limited speech versus free speech, but you cannot pretend free speech is anything other than absolute. So we are continually stepping away from free speech with every single thing that happens. Even if you feel the people voted for it, you have to acknowledge that things like this are not free speech aligned. Now, this is. Constantine Keeson, not familiar with his account, I just thought I agreed with his point. People are hilarious. And now there are plenty of people out there that can see through all this. He says, the gang who told you Twitter is a private company that can be that can ban whoever it wants are now raging about Twitter banning people like them. And the gang who demanded free speech for everyone are now celebrating Twitter banning people they don't like. I mean, this is a cartoon. And we all see this. Everyone's willing to point this out. But it's I, it, I guess we're... It's hard to tell where the line is. How many of them really are? Is it a small group that they're pretending it's everybody? Or is it far more than I want to realize? And some of us can see through it. I don't know. I'd like to believe it's the former, that most of us can see this. But we all see this happening. And it I mean, I don't know why that doesn't wake up everybody. Except the people that just don't care. And that's why they keep playing the game. You can't pretend that they're allowed to do this and then flip out when they do it to you. Right? You can't pretend... It's free speech for everybody, and then happily, gleefully chant and cheer when the people that you don't like get censored. It just makes you a hypocrite. And this is a lot of people today, which brings us to me being censored yet again. So here is just a quick breakdown on this. As I said, well, that was quick. TLA Vagabond was just suspended, no joke, for ban evasion. And I'll show it to you. And I said, you know, the ban, Elon Musk, just explained was an unjust ban. Medical misinformation, right? We voted to overturn that, didn't we? Okay, so I got the account back and then, and they banned that account because I was using other accounts to circumvent an unjust ban. Well, that sure makes sense, doesn't it? Now, I'm going to flush this out more. I'm just going to read these really quickly and I'll give you my overview. The point is, you can see it's been permanently suspended, which, you know, I, I just got it back after another permanent suspension. So it's pretty stupid they keep pretending these are permanent when they, that never seems to be the case if they just change their mind. But either way, People are opposing, I'll I'll show you, here's what I got in in the the email, and then I'll show you the appeal that they instantly denied right away, which never seems to happen unless this is clearly not by accident. Violating our rules against evading permanent suspension. Your account has been suspended. Now, it doesn't say permanently right there. So, you know, the possibility would be that somebody's, you know, could it be a seven-day suspension? It doesn't seem to say that. and, And it even says on these other ones that you will not be able to get your account back. I'll show you that in the bottom one. But just so we can see, we're definitely suspended. Now, as I wrote, how exactly do you evade an unjust ban? Right? So first of all, just taking that point at face value. So he's arguing that the ban was unjust. Now, first of all, th- actually, before I even get into it, the point that you guys all understand is you guys know well, I have been using other accounts because I was being censored. Right? The very thing that Elon's claiming he's trying to rectify. Right? I have, n- as you, you guys, you guys know this. I have never been using multiple accounts simultaneously not because I wouldn't have, I just, it's just complicated. And it was, I, I like. I, I prefer to have it in one location where you can go through and look at what the information people are sharing, but you guys know this and it's verifiable. Now there's obviously maybe a moment of overlap where I, you know, like for instance, in this moment where I got the new account, didn't even realize it yet. So yeah, right there, there was a moment where that one was back and I was still using this one. The point is up until this process, I've only ever been using one account. They censor something. And somebody gives me a pirate channel. That's what we're talking about. Just like with YouTube. That's it. Okay. So the only time this could come and play into a factor is one of two ways. Either they're upset that I was using other accounts, even though Elon just said that these were unjust bans. Therefore, that shouldn't be a factor. But yet they just decide to make it a factor for me. Or their issue is that I was using this account after hours live while the T-Lab account was back. But if it's back, how exactly am I evading a ban? The account's not banned anymore, right? So are we talking about having multiple accounts? Well, no, because even if that's something Elon wants to change, there are people with multiple accounts everywhere. I'm not using the same name. There are people that have a dog account and have their their personal account. Or they have an account for themselves, they have an account for their business. right? We all know this. This is literally everywhere. So you can't pretend by having After Hours Live as an account and then having T-Lab that just got reinstated that somehow I'm evading a ban because there's no ban, that everything's back. Multiple accounts doesn't apply. So you see my point? The logic here does not connect. Now, as I said, how exactly do you evade an unjust ban? Going back to the first point. If it's an unjust ban for medical misinformation... <clears throat> which it was and by the way that they reinstated it so clearly they came to that same conclusion that they reinstated it so they acknowledged the ban was not justified or at the very least that the ban was done so they gave it back right isn't the whole point that he's been telling us that the bans were unjustified right that it was free speech it was political isn't what these screen the tweets and screenshots are supposed to be proving is hopefully we can see the source material that they have been doing this politically and it has been unjust right so how could I then be censored again for fighting that unjust ban before Elon took over? I mean, that literally doesn't make sense. And since this actually resonates with something that Scott just said, which I was going to show you guys, which he's absolutely right. I'm glad he said this because this is, this is you know, for, in, from a, le- a legal term, fruit of the poison tree. I've heard people reference this before, as he wrote, in, in court, this would be considered fruit of the poison tree. And he explains this, taking further adverse action against someone in response to action that they took based on something that never should have happened in the first place is unjust. New suspension of TLA Vagabond has no standing. Now, look, this is assuming that he's arguing that the account, the actions being taken before somehow now apply, even though the account has been reinstated. Like that's as simple as it gets. You can't retroactively be like, oh, you were evading the ban over there as this account's back, even though on one side it's an unjust ban, on the other side the account is back. You just can't make sense of this. Unless this was some rogue employee, which I guess that's what all the Elon fanboys will say, unless they're screaming at me that I ban evaded and that's why I should shut up, right? I guess they can't make their own mind up. Either way, it doesn't make sense. I'll keep that up, that's right. All right, back to this point, so... I said, so, and this is, I think this cleared, This makes it clear. So it's either one of two things. Either I am being banned right now for using this account, the After Hours Live account, before Elon took over in order to engage on Twitter during an unjust ban. Which would make no sense because if it's an unjust ban, why would he have reinstated the account? Or, or it wasn't, I mean. Or, I am being banned right now for using this account after T-Lab was reinstated. And in that case, what ban am I invading? I, I find that to be impossibly simple. And as I pointed out, guys, the cherry on top, this was literally, I mean, it's, the mo- I, I appealed this and it came, it came back as fat. I mean, in the process of me working, I saw the appeal. So very quickly, Insta appeal, Insta denied. Apparently I was managing multiple accounts, they claim, which by the way is not true. The only thing that's happening is I have an account that's been censored that I may be logged into on my phone, but that has been censored. So then I start using a new account. I've only ever used one account. I'm not managing multiple accounts. I simply don't even have multiple accounts. I've got a bunch of censored accounts and one that I'm using. I mean, this is, this seems like somebody stretched this as far as it could go and then just pushed it over the cliff anyway. And the best part, that I did so for abusive purposes. That's very specific. Here's what it says. This is as of 11.19 this morning. Your account has been suspended. Now, it doesn't say permanently suspended right there. That's what that's what uh, I think Richard Grove and I, was, we, and I were talking about even though it does simply say and will not be restored right after it. Like, who knows how this goes? This is that's one of the points, guys. Nothing about this is defined. None, I mean, in the past, it was always like, well, they have their terms of service and they have to abide by it. But they never did. But in this case, they're not doing that. And they're not even they're not even writing stuff down at this point. Apparently, this is at the whim of Elon Musk. Moment to moment, they're randomly voting for random things, sometimes abiding by those votes, sometimes not. I mean, this is as off the rails as anything I've ever seen, even if it is going in a slightly better direction in some cases than it was before, even though we're not even pointing at all the other problems that are happening beneath it all, like other censored people that I'll point at. Either way, there's nothing to find. Like, how do you even hold them accountable when there's nothing even written down about the new processes? Can we dox? Can we not? Like, you know my opinions. Doxing is bad and it shouldn't happen anyway. But people are out there confused because he said you couldn't dox, but then he let those people back on. Right, He said you couldn't threaten violence, but then he let somebody other back on after they did. Or or somebody threatens him with violence, and he says, that's okay, that one's fine. I'll show you all this right now. This leaves people in a position where they go, I have no idea. And you know what? Probably more self-censoring than before, even though they don't want to admit that. But it says your account has been suspended and will not be restored because it was found to be violating the terms of service, specifically against managing multiple Twitter accounts. So the only way that makes sense is if they went back and somehow managed to, which by the way, I don't know how they could make sense of this if I'm always using VPNs, private browsers and different phone numbers. I'm literally using somebody else's phone number just so I can access these things. So are they guessing? Are they scrolling through the content and saying, well, he said, because I'm not hiding it. You can see my content. I'm talking as me and I'm making jokes and I'm posting my own things. And you know, you can see that it's me if you're not stupid, but you couldn't know for sure, could you? You'd be guessing because it could be somebody pretending to be me. So in any case, They're just assuming I would argue unless there's something I'm missing. But I have a bunch of censored accounts and one that I'm using. That's the best they could argue. And then all of that ties back to the point that Elon is telling us those were all unjust in the first place. But it says, oops, managing multiple Twitter accounts for abusive purposes, not in a separate point. That's the one sentence. So, arguably, that would mean that if it wasn't for abusive purposes, then maybe there's a different point. You show me where I've done anything with abusive purposes. Anything. Now, I'm sure there are people that would argue that me saying vaccines are hurting people is abusive, because that's the new game they're playing where words are violence. But you show me where I'm harassing somebody, where I'm bullying somebody, where I'm calling people names other than maybe stupid or, or, or idiot or ignorant. Like, the point is, I'm not abusing anybody. I mean, it just blows me away that this is what's being stated. And look, guys, the point is it's been appealed and denied. Now, sure, could this be somehow outside? Look, I would even be willing to argue that Elon probably doesn't even know this is happening because I don't think Elon is immersed in every single decision being made. But this is his company. He owns this. And this is still happening. So, I mean, we have to assume that it's possible he's seeing this, but we don't know for sure. Either way, he's accountable for this. As the one controlling this, and it's long since been past the point where we can start, you know, well, maybe it's the FBI. Sure, anything's possible. But if it's the FBI or bots or somebody else, we should also ask, maybe he's involved in that. Why wouldn't you if we don't know all the information? If you don't ask that, then that shows your bias. And I'm not saying I know that for sure. I don't. But I'm willing to ask that because I'm objective. But I said, so it's very clear. I was only ever using one account. And yes, I used the new one after being unjustly banned. Exactly why Elon reinstated it, guys. He reinstated it because it was an unjust ban before, or rather, I, I'm saying Elon just because I'm tagging him in this, but Twitter did, before re it indefinitely. So this is a very dishonest way to keep my main account banned, in my opinion. As Whitney, as Whitney said, this is such a joke. Free speech Twitter under Emperor Elon is hardly playing out as advertised. I mean, that's a very fair statement to make. Oh, and this, I just want to point this out. This is the kind of thing we're seeing now. And this is not being said with negative intent because it's certainly possible. But just the fact that we are willing to entertain this as not just like a one of many, 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 many unknown possibilities in the world, but that people are genuinely like, oh, maybe it's still the FBI. Since the FBI is still at the helm. How do we even think we know that? Because somebody showed us a screenshot because they said so. I thought the point was that's not happening anymore. Didn't they just tell us they got rid of all the bots, but yet they just used the bots as an excuse for why the vote didn't go the certain way just the other day? I mean, I wasn't even going to get into it today, but the point is this, my post itself got got overwhelmed with bots after somebody posted this Bitcoin thing and then blocked me and also did it to Tesla and Clown World and a whole bunch of people. And the the comment section got bombed with a bunch of nonsensical things, all of them bots with no followers. That happened today. And it made it impossible to actually follow the conversation after that, which is probably intentional. Maybe that's from Twitter itself. Who knows? Because the bots are very clearly still there. More than I've ever seen them in my life on this platform. But that's maybe just my perspective. But of course, it, maybe it could be the FBI. Maybe it's old Twitter employees. Or or just maybe, it's Elon Musk and Twitter. Just maybe. right? Why, we need to be able to ask all these questions if we're willing to pose completely unknown things just like that. If the FBI was involved before, which I think we know... Why wouldn't they be involved now? You know, with this defense contractor <laughs> that runs Twitter now. Well, after this, you know, new Twitter screenshots and text part seven, government paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor. <gasps> Breaking, the sky is blue, right? I mean, look, I'm not going to say, I mean, look, if, if this was going along with source material, I would find it much more relevant. I mean, for okay, look, the, if, if you're looking at this as if this is the bombshell the way that it, I mean, it's interesting, I'm, I think it's important and we could put the caveat next to it. This would be really important, assuming the source material they would show would back it up with are pointing out here. But you might as well just look at this. That's all you need, right? That's all that's all anybody cares about. This is what it's saying. Repackage, share, post, talk about it, write entire articles. Government paid Twitter millions of dollars because they said on Twitter files. Great journalism, guys. You can look at it for yourselves and realize very quickly that this is just screenshot stuff. I mean, look, I'll I'll give you this. This is the best thing as close as I've gotten to something that's tangential to source material, assuming that we can see. The point is, guys, most of the stuff you're looking at is not like that. And what I would like to see is not just one screenshot of a couple of the pages. Now, see, people are going to get mad about this as if there's never good enough. It's never good enough. But you know what would be good enough? All of it. You would not hear me then go, but where? That wouldn't happen. I would say, here's all the information. Assuming there's not more. And that would be the only caveat you could give. And we'd say that about WikiLeaks. The point is WikiLeaks gives you the documentation, all the information, all the source material, all the timestamps, all of the full pages, all of the numbered pages. The point is you don't get all of that. You get some of it. And sure, it's most likely there, but you don't know that. But see, all we love we do is just go along with these screenshots and text and act like this is everything when all it is is a slice of maybe a lot, 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 lot more. And then it's getting pushed through the filter of Michael and and Matt and Barry and everybody else who very clearly have their own biases because we all do. So my point is, you might as well just tweet what Elon said, because that's the same thing. I know people don't like that because it makes them feel bad about the fact they probably shared that. My point is it's shareable. It's interesting. Talk about it. But you have to include the fact that we don't know for sure other than other things that have been proven. My point about this in general, are we really pretending like we don't know the government has paid these social media platforms? First of all, the bombshell seems to be that they paid them directly in 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 a coordinated plan to say, do this and I'll pay you for it. Yeah, that's a big deal. But what about things like, I don't know, the Atlantic Council or these very clear government entities that were working with them and they're being paid by the government and then they're working and telling them who to censor? Why is that different? Spoiler alert, it's not really. It's the same game. So I think we're being used here personally, giving us repackaged things we already know. But that doesn't mean the source material wouldn't be valuable to continue. Let's wait for them to give it to us. huh? How about that? But this person says, are you willing to make a pledge that Twitter will never accept payment from anyone, government or otherwise, to censor or suppress any information? Absolutely, he says. Well, you know what? To The Elon crowd, that's as good as gold. Look, he said it right there, you conspiracy theorist. How dare you question what he said? Great. Absolutely. You know how easy it is just to say that and move forward? You know how many times that's already happened? And then we find out it's not true? Absolute free speech. Clearly not. The problem here is that we, are, in a lot of ways, are very clearly being trained to take these things as through intermediaries and take these things at face value on either side. I just don't know why we would take that. Now, here's a, a, there's some very important examples we made about the overlap of what's happening with me and some of these supposed journalists in the corporate media. Eric Weinstein points out basically just that she got censored. And his point was, you know, that glee, that positively elated childlike glee that the woke experience when folks who they claim to be horrible, cruel sociopaths are canceled or banned or suspended. You've seen that. Well, oddly, he's not having that right now. In fact, he's getting a little concerned. You know why? Because these people shouldn't be censored either, because that's also censorship. So regardless of whether we like the fact that these are bad people who are getting a taste of their own medicine because they're also completely uninformed, even though they pretend they're not. It's still censorship. And we never should have allowed this as much as I can. I'll I'll point it and say it makes me laugh. But the very next thing I'll say is it's censorship and it shouldn't be happening. But what's interesting, by the way, is an entire conversation spun out under his tweet right here where people read like this first part of it. And admittedly, when I was reading it, too, I thought that's where it was going. But then they just start responding as if he was celebrating this. In fact, his whole point was he feels the opposite. And that's great. I'm, I'm glad he said that. But what's funny is everyone underneath it was like, you were celebrating someone being censored. How dare you? And everyone's comment. I'm like, "Who? nobody seems to be able to read things entirely. And I think this is an example of how this is training people. We're living in this 230 character Snapchat, TikTok world, where everybody can only think in 20 second bursts. It, it, it's very alarming. It really is. But he says, temp suspension due to prior doxing action by this account will be lifted shortly well what's interesting is he says that on december 18th on december 17th she reports that she got permanently suspended i'll show that next so did he suddenly decide it was only going to be lifted shortly after a vote and permanently suspended him first my point being maybe that'll happen to me who knows but doxing Now, first of all, we're going to get into the Elon Jet discussion and pretty clearly show you that this was wildly abused and not actually what happened. But the doxing is bad, as we know. I don't agree with doxing, and I would never... I I, I actually understand. I don't agree in the sense of people... You can not like this. This is what it's like to be a free speech absolutist. People are going to push back. But if you're going to be free speech absolutist, then that means everything. But the point here, guys, is that... I understand why platforms would use a term of service and say doxing is not allowed as much as I might go, well, okay, limited speech. But I understand if not even agree like it's it's a fine line because doxing is a dangerous thing. But simply because of my principles, I have to take that stance. My point is prior doxing. Right. So now what? So now it's retroactive. So now you're sk- going back through everybody's old accounts and saying, well, this old thing that wasn't being dealt with before is now suddenly being dealt with. I mean, this is just such an unattained, undefinable, unaccountable process. And it really does make my head hurt. It's like, what's even happening here? But then it really, so I'm not sure whether or not it applies to the current thing or prior doxing. Either way, it was lifted. But let me show you what she says here, just so you can see this.
5: Hey guys, the rumors are true. I have been permanently suspended by Twitter. I was given zero reason, only had three tweets on my account. Two of them were promoting my other social media channels, um, which you guys should follow.
3: Ah, so maybe it's because of this weird momentary part where they said you couldn't share other social media, even though they pulled that back, apparently. Nothing makes sense here. And this was covered up by saying doxing, but they let her back anyway, so nobody cares. I mean, guys, if you can't see why, at the very least, there's concern right now for how this is very quickly unraveling, that this is not what it looks like. I mean, look, I'm still hoping that I'm wrong. I always am. I'm still hoping I'm wrong about Trump. Pretty sure I'm not. But why wouldn't we want hope for the good? This isn't a, a political thing as much as everybody wants to make it that.
5: Lorenz at Instagram.com, TaylorLorens.substack.com. Have a new YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I was suddenly logged out. I just had those two tweets in a tweet where I asked Elon for comment today, revealing zero information. Um, super crazy.
3: Uh, Elon seems to be banning. Okay, so that would be the part we're asking about a comment about the Elon jet point. That's what he's arguing. So I guess it wasn't prior, only that it was before this tweet went out. So there, I think that's your point right there, that this was about the Elon jet point
5: anyone he disagrees with and i certainly um didn't violate any terms that i was
6: aware of so
3: that that's the point that's enough so censored for doxing here's her account now these are protected because they choose that right so this i think this is the new kind of like inside thing they're all doing you'll see this a lot lately (laughs) <laughs> they're the you know the high level journalists are putting their tweets on on protected so only their followers can see so they're just creating a new echo chamber they don't like that they the whole people have been let back on that they thought they could ban and people are getting around it and they're like oh i'm hearing things i don't like and so they're just doing this so they can control the flow so this is' see this is what not what people who want all the information would do you know people that have decided they already know what's going on and they don't care what new information says or what you think because vaccines are safe and you're crazy that's the kind of thing we're seeing I, I'm only applying it to the vaccine just because that's part of the show today. It could be who knows what else. But they're all doing this. But so my point is her account is back. Okay. So he deletes her under the claim that she doxxed. And this is a claim that he's using to hype like my family was in danger. It was against the law. And yet I am now being removed indefinitely for one example of debating a ban that he said was unjust. A ban that apparently is not even a ban if my account was brought back anyway. That doesn't seem to line up, does it? Now Space Jelly points out, and She, this, you guys should follow her as well. She's uh, writing for our Substack. stack. Journals get banned from Twitter for seven days. The, well, I think at first they were banned indefinitely and then it just became a seven-day ban to kind of make this softened because they, the, you can see them saying this. I mean, they could be lying, of course, but the point is usually like the, the things we saw, they do say permanent or not. So, But it says revealing Elon's location uh, data to regular people, which uh, it's not even actually what happened. I'll go over that in a minute. But meanwhile, regular people's real-time location, Health, social, transaction, etc. data is revealed. Sold to governments, government-affiliated, and corporate entities 24-7. Right, let's just let that sink in to understand how ridiculous this is. Now, Twitter reinstates the suspended accounts of several journalists. So, first of all, it should insult every single one of you that these people got instantly brought back because they have clout. Because they have standing with the mainstream community. Otherwise, why wouldn't they be at the back of the line? These are the most recent suspended people, and I would agree they were suspended unjustly, even though I can't stand any of them, and they're a bunch of liars. But the point is, there's a lot of doctors that were also censored unjustly, who are still censored. Plenty of people like, I mean, I could, I could probably list off 15 different doctors right now. So why would they get picked first? There's something else going on here. As somebody points out, <clears throat> uh, this is somebody responding to my now-deleted tweet where I'm sharing my interview with Sam Husseini. They put honestly if these mainstreaming journalists mainstream media journalists are going to have their accounts restored now or in a week which they did how is this not effectively a positive marketing exercise for them think about that it's like Trump and CNN different parts of the establishment log rolling that's an excellent point the problem is that they this seemed to have benefited them they're now like now like flout laws in their community right it's it's hilarious now, here's another alarming part. David Sachs points out real-time doxing, which is not what actually happened, is illegal in California under Penal Code 653.2. It is not constitutionally protected speech. And you can read it for yourself. And here's what he says about the person he just let back on. These journalists were aware of the violent stalker, which I'll show you in a minute. Doesn't really, I don't really think this pans out. And still, And yet still doxed the real-time location of my family. No, they didn't. They shared a link to Elon Jet, which didn't, in fact, do that. It only shared the tracking of the jet. Remember the whole argument of my address, my address, my address? That was never on the table. Why would he do that? I, 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 personally, I, my assumption would be, I'm just assuming here, or I'm guessing, he lied. Because he's trying to make this seem more real and more visceral, more in the moment. My address, my family... And then, of course, you get all the sycophants that come screaming at you, post your address online. You know how many times we saw that comment? We've all seen it. Well, where's the address, guys? As far as I can tell, and I've proven it to you, the link was in the last show. Maybe that's why they just, they, you know, I even called that. I included the Mastodon link in my last show, my show notes. It wasn't posted on Twitter, but I fe- I, theor- I, I I posited maybe that will be something that gets triggered. Because he was very upset about that when other people were even just talking about it. And the next day, my account gets censored for something else. Maybe that's why. The point is, you could prove it, guys. You can prove it with the Mastodon link that all they ever did was use real-time information that was publicly available. Now, yes, this is an important point to make. This is not something that was posted on a Twitter account, right? The guy was very clear about this. He used bots in different locations to scoop up information that was all publicly available, but it would only make sense once it was put together by the algorithm. Okay? That's just technology, and that's exactly what's happening to us every single day. The point is he didn't like that, but it was using publicly available information. That's why this person's not in jail. He's doing interviews and saying, look, give me money and I'll take it down like this. The point is, this is not this. What's happening here is publicly available, being scooped up by bots. And he didn't like that. It was being used by a lot of different people. OK, now the reason this became something interesting is about the argument of the violent stalker. But before I get too way far away from the point. So his argument is these people put his family's lives in danger, but we'll bring him back on Twitter, though. But that crazy, dangerous Ryan guy who spreads medical misinformation, oh, he can't because he uses more than one account. Dangerous. Yeah, it's starting to make a lot of sense, isn't it? Well, here's another example. Next, we'll get into the stalker point. Alex points out, after the result of the poll, Elon Musk reinstated all of the supposed journalists who tweeted out his planes info, and and they didn't actually. They tweeted out the link to the thing that did have it on there. But he left Keith Oldman trapped inside his dog's account. Oh, look at that. His dog's account. You mean like a second account? Oh no, ban evasion. Except that's not what happened though. Elon Musk literally said, Oberman tweeting from his dog's account still makes me laugh. That is what inconsistency looks like, guys. That is what hypocrisy looks like. So you're going to tell me it's okay for Keith Olbermann to use a second account to evade the ban you gave him, but I can't use account only one at a time to be while I'm being unjustly censored? There's no, one of them makes sense or neither, only, they both, how would you say that? Either we both should be censored or none of us should be censored. And you know my opinion, none of us. But there's no way you can put those next to each other and pretend that that's not hypocrisy. Maybe because he's more famous? I don't know. The point is, he did outwardly and overtly try to get banned because these people are trying to do it for a publicity stunt. He says these people and him are, are among those who remain suspended without explanation. And in reinstating others, Musk still slanders them by lying. They doxed his family. I agree with him, though. They didn't do that. But here, oh, where was it? The next one.
7: Oh.
3: Oh, did I not grab the right tweet?
7: Oh, where was it?
3: Oh, it's right here. Right here. Okay. He said, and the point is, now he's back. Right? So the guy who openly, actively tried to violate his rules, who then very clearly evaded the ban by using something else, got his account suspended, but then he got back. How much you want to bet that doesn't happen for me? But for the record, he encouraged, encouraged other people to tweet and tweeted himself something he knew was against the rules. Right? So, as they're trying to backwardly, mental gymnastic style, warp the rules to apply to something I didn't do, this guy outwardly, openly does something they know will break the rules, openly evades the ban. No big deal. That's okay. Let him back on. Now, I'm not calling for his censorship. I'm just simply pointing out the hypocrisy of the point. Here he is saying, do it. Everybody retweet the thing thing he's censoring. Everybody take the, the tweet word for word and share it and link to the tweet that got him suspended. I mean, not that I wouldn't do that, but I can't. I've never done something that ridiculous, like literally, please censor me. Please censor me. And you should have a right to do that. But my point, hypocrisy. That does not align with what just happened to me. Because I think mine is politically motivated. Just my opinion. But just so you can see it, here's the account, Active and running right now. So here's an interesting development in this point about the doxing. Right? So again, the point is, journalists were aware that the violent stalker was, do- you know, was aware of the violent stalker. Okay, I'm not sure how we can prove that they were aware of that. Because I wasn't, or I don't think publicly people were aware of this until he used the fact that the Elon Jet was out there. And that they got censored and justified that censorship by pointing at the stalker, right? Saying, here's the stalker at my family. Okay. So I don't know how we can prove that they somehow knew that until after the fact. None of this lines up when you really care about the information. But here's the point Elon Musk, crazy stalker, outs himself as an Uber Eats driver. Now, the quick break. Okay, God, I thought I lost all my highlighting. The, the very quick understanding in here is, and again, assuming this is, you know, not brazenly misrepresented by New York Post, which I'm sure they're capable of doing. The guy seems like he's not doing too well. He seems a little bit crazy. He seems like he, you know, basically, I mean, but it certainly could be true what he's saying, but it sounds crazy He's saying he's being followed by Elon Musk and they're tracking him. They're following his real time location. It's very interestingly overlapped, but who knows who's telling the truth. The main points to me are not that, <clears throat> but you can see this. Anyone recognize this person or car? December 14th. Okay, so the, so it looks like this was out there before that series of events but i don't see why we were, anyway you know we can all assume into what people knew at this time like how they would know because it was posted there but i point the, it writes however he confirmed to the dc paper that he was the person in must video which had been seen nearly 18 million times on monday even sharing his own videos of the confrontation to prove that according to the paper in the interviews he quote made several bizarre and unsupported claims according to the washington post including that musk was monitoring his real-time location now it's certainly possible and controlling uber eats to block him from getting work now look that sounds a little bit off the rocker doesn't it but are you really going to pretend that that's not something elon would do if he just wanted to elon and musk are similar in that way i think we all understand that if you rub them the wrong way they will move heaven and earth to make you not you know whatever fill in the blank Even just to make a point, because they can, because they're wildly wealthy and have lots of influence. So it's possible. Let's just make sure we understand that. Maybe this guy did something wrong. Maybe he was stalking him, and then that happened. Look, I'm not saying I believe it. We don't know. It's completely up in the air. Personally, my gut tells me this guy is a little bit off, and he's just trying to get some attention. Maybe after this, I don't know. But it is certainly possible. So that's not the main point. The point is, Colado, his name was, meanwhile, claimed he had innocently pulled over in a gas station. So that doesn't seem to line up with what the narrative was while making Uber Eats deliveries Tuesday when Musk's security confronted him, which is the picture we're seeing. Without reason, he claims, seemingly linking it to his conspiracy that the world's second richest man, now first, I think, was monitoring his exact whereabouts. Musk's video showed Collado wearing a mask, or rather his his security, the Musk's security video, showed the guy wearing a mask, a hood, and one glove and he was driving a vehicle rented through a car-sharing service Turo. Now, Collado's own videos showed him getting out of the rental and standing in front of a Toyota driven by Must security worker, the paper noted. Okay, so the point is, we're at a gas station now with a security worker. So is it po- no, certainly possible that, that was also that was after it was in front of his home and so on? But the only thing we ever got was this picture that was at a gas station. You, you can even, I mean, the point is, where's the breakdown here? That didn't say right there. But so what they're telling you right here, based on the information and their due diligence, which you should question like anything else, is that was it right here. Here we go. That they pulled over at the gas station. That's where the security guard essentially got the information. And And the point is, this guy's got his own image, his own video showing the other side of it. That's why they're saying this. Now, he said South Pasadena cops arrived. So there's obviously a record of this and questioned him, telling him that they would file a report. The force did not comment to the Washington Post. So he clearly didn't get arrested and they don't even comment. So maybe that means it's ongoing. But either way, this doesn't add up with a violent stalker and the assumption that this is somehow putting his life to the threat and danger. Possible. The gas station surveillance footage caught it, the interaction and turned it over to the police. It'd be very interesting to see that, wouldn't it? Maduro, the detective, said it appeared the driver had been trying to hide his identity by wearing gloves. On the hand gripping the rental vehicle steering wheel, and by partially covering his face. Now, I don't. I'm really confused about that. Is he implying that that beca- like for fingerprints, or something weirder than that, like some kind of weird identifying thing with your hands? I don't even know. But it seems it seems strange. Anyway, the point is, you know, trying to the argument that it could have been trying to hide his identity, or just that we're all living in a COVID clown world, and people still think they have to wear masks. So far, he said there was no direct evidence that the man had used Elon jet page that tracks the flights. Let me make sure we hear that part. So the detective on the case said there was no direct evidence that the guy had used the page. It's certainly possible. But so where's all this coming from? That's why the narrative kind of devolved devolved into not that they're doing this and this guy was involved with this process, but rather that they did this knowing they talked about this, put the link to something somebody could look at that would show the location of my jet, not my house At the time when this guy was out there, assuming they knew about that. You see how abstract this is? I'm not buying this at all, guys. Must apparent stalker confrontation prompted him to suspend Jack Sweeney, the owner of Elon's Jets. How does that all line up? The college student behind the page. That's this guy right here. Okay, so you read this for yourself. It gets into more detail about this guy and how he seemingly sounds like he's pretty crazy. But none of that really changes the fact that the detective himself doesn't find any connection here. Doesn't mean there's not. Right. There's plenty of hypothetical, subjective, maybe this, maybe that you could argue. But what we have in front of us does not connect. And here's just showing Elon responding to this. It says, is it true, Elon? The guy was an Uber driver. This guy, he simply says, for a moment there, I almost considered not giving him five stars. Now, of course, in his classic way, you could pretend that he's trying to make a joke out of it. And that means he's lying or, you know, the point is the detective and everybody else has already shown this is the case. <clears throat> based on, you know, whatever else, question everything. The point is that this does not seem to line up with what we're being told, and this becomes the, the impetus for the entire thing. Now, Kevin Height points out, so the comedian that will not be named, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, can log into her dead mom's account, or, or whatever, use a different account, make a new account, whatever the game is, ban evasion, which is literally what he called it, can do so, retweet that, and that's not the same crime. Kathy Griffin was guilty as was other celebrities recently suspended who have now been brought back. But not Ryan Christian, apparently, not the last American vagabond. Here's Kathy Griffin. Oh, look at that. Her tweets are protected. She's on the inside group. Two million followers. The point is, she outwardly, willfully, did exactly what he's claiming I didn't do, and she's back. Realize, I didn't do this. I didn't get banned and then immediately use a false account to jump in there. I got unjustly banned before Elon in the sense where he's already decided and ruled that these things were unjust and was using something to circumvent that. As Scott points out, that's not applicable. She got censored under Elon and immediately got something else and pretended to be Elon Musk. And she's back. I mean, really take stock of how ridiculous this is. So let me play this for you again, just so we hear it again, where Elon says that what she did was ban evasion, or what any of them did, by the way, was ban evasion, and yet all of them are now let back on the platform. Uh, a
8: handful of journalists uh, being banned.
6: Uh, yeah, um, well, as I'm sure everyone who's been and, uh would agree, you know, showing uh, real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate and i think everyone on this call would not like that to be done for, to them and and there's not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists civil so journalists and and regular people everyone's going to be treated the same they're
3: not special well, well, well that doesn't seem to be the case as very clearly we can see these journalists are being treated very differently than all the doctors that have been censored for years that all the journalists that have been censored for years that are still censored these guys got immediate good treatment and got let back right back on despite aggressively breaking the rules. Where obviously I contrast that. So, you're
6: you're, you're
3: just, you're... Somebody's saying the volume is a little low. I don't know iPods mode. You tend to say that and it's loud, but let me see. <laughs> let me let me see if I can grab it real quick. I think I have it in here still. Let's see. Here it is. Oh here, shoot! I have to delete one. See, you're screwing everything up. No, I'm just kidding. It's good. It's good that we play this, so you guys can hear it. You know, just it's the point's important.
8: In the last few hours, with the uh,
6: inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done for, to them. And and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, civil journalists, and and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. You're not special because you're a journalist. you're, you're just you're, you're a Twitter, you're just you're a citizen. Um, so uh, no special treatment um, You docs, docs you get suspended in a story um, so and, 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 and ban evasion ban evasion or like or, or trying to be clever about it like oh I posted a link to the real time information is obviously uh, just, uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the, the, the meaning that is there's no different from than, than actually showing real time information
3: Okay, so how exactly is my not even doing the same thing he's describing versus all of them being doing what he at least argues right there is exactly what they did? How does that apply? Right. I mean, I'm making the same point here, guys, but I mean, just really soak in how ridiculous and subjective and fly by the seat of his pants this seems to be right now. And then ask why me of all people? Why, why am I being focused on? Like, I, re- I genuinely don't understand this. There is a lot of other people out there doing excellent work in the same way. I just don't get why the last American Vagabond continues to be focused on. All the haters out there will yell all the things they want to yell. But the people that are being objective and clear about this, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, may, I'm, I make mistakes like anybody, but let's be clear. This is not about making mistakes or misinformation. What they're claiming is not even on that anymore. Something weird is going on here, guys. And I'm continually concerned about this. And yes, I've been critical of this process, but I haven't come over the top like other people in the corporate media and said, he's doing this or Elon's the devil. I've been holding out my judgment because I want to be objective about this. If that's the problem, objectivity, then that says all we need to know. Um,
8: so uh, when you're saying posting a link to it, I mean, the, some of the people like Drew and, and Ryan Mack uh, from the New York Times who were, were banned were were, you know, they were reporting on it in the course of sort of. Pretty normal journalistic endeavors. Um, you consider that like a tricky attempt at ban evasion?
6: You show the link to the real time information. Ban evasion, obviously.
8: I, I, Drew. I don't think you were posting the real time information, right?
6: I mean, you're, you're suggesting that we're sharing your uh, address, which is not not true. Um, and you're suggesting that we're we're posting. We never. Uh, I I never posted your address. You posted a link to the address.
3: No, but no, but no. You, he did not though. And dang it, I don't like defending these people. But guys, that's not what happened. You can prove this to yourself by going back and getting the Mastodon link that I shared in my last show or the show before last, and show yourself what the account was actually doing. They were. I, it, I have it on the Wayback Machine from the entire Twitter account as well as on on uh, I believe it was uh, Mastodon. I, I said Mastodon. I meant Elon Jet, but the mass it was on Mastodon as well. I and mean, Mast- Mastodon link is what they were also sharing. The point is, this was not about his address. This was about the plane and its location based on publicly available data points that were scooped up by bots and and, and aggregated. There, I mean, you could if you want to try to make a rule or a law about that, you go ahead. But right now, as of now, that's publicly available information. The problem here is that they don't like that. And this is an issue because, I mean, that you can't really delete when you're trying to be a free speech advocate until you, I guess, kind of fabricate some kind of a stalker argument. Now, I'm not even saying that's what happened. That's what it appears to me. The point is, this needs to be fleshed out because the timing doesn't even need to line up. It doesn't even seem to line up. To me, that seems completely like this was something that was scooped into this argument to be able to make this more sound. Just my opinion. But his address, as he clearly tried to insinuate and then later continued to argue, and all of his followers yelled, put your address online then, wasn't even involved as far as I can tell. Now, if you want to make that argument more sound, then release all the information. We can all look at it. The point is, we're only going off of tweets and comments. And now the detective research, based on the case itself, is saying he doesn't see any connection, any direct connection between that. What, I mean, what else we need to hear at this point? We're, we're going off of all the publicly available information. Inconsistency. Here's an example. Here's Larry Eldler. If Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, and uh, T. Uh, Sai, is it S-I or C? I think it's si. Mao Zedong, and Elon Musk were walking down the street, and you gave an American lefty a gun with two bullets, he'd put both in Elon Musk. That is literally what he just wrote. That's December 17th. And Elon replies to this and missed both times. Cool. So threats of violence are good as long as it's not, I don't know. You tell me. Just to make it even more clear here's somebody else going, I've reported this guy for the threat. And Elon says, it's fine. Okay. So now just what, what else can we make wildly inconsistent? So Yay can post hashtag love everybody with a symbol that is not even a Nazi symbol, and you censor him under the guise of promoting violence. Don't forget that, guys. I know it feels like 40 years ago with all the garbage that we've been dealing with every day, but Ye was censored, and it seems he did that on purpose to expose this. That's just my opinion, but I don't know that for sure. But ultimately, remember, it was the um, realist symbol that I, I proved extensively was not even connected to the Nazi symbol, And he did that and shared love everybody. And he said promoting violence. This guy literally openly says shoot Elon. Whether you want to pretend it's kind of a pithy joke or not, it is openly saying shoot Elon Musk, and that's okay though. Talk about inconsistency. Here's Kelly DMP pointing out the DC Green Zone got their account suspended. Of course, this person dutifully folds up like they're supposed to and says I think there's still some bad apples in there. Couldn't be Elon because he's free speech. We know that. Has to be somebody else. Must be the FBI, right? Well, go ahead and assume all you like. I'll wait for evidence. Just so you can see, this account is still suspended as of right now. I mean, why don't we care about that? That's censorship. Here's Tom Fitton pointing out. This Andrew Bostom, a nationally renowned medical scientist, is still, as of this moment, suspended for tweeting verifiably factual information about COVID-19 vaccine data from randomized controlled trials as described in detail at the link you can read for yourself. So we skip over people like this and let back on Taylor Lenz. As he said, she put his family in danger, but that's okay. We'll forget it for now. Keith Oldman, go ahead. You're back. But we will continue to keep these doctors censored. Either there's literally no process, which is what it feels like, and it's just kind of whatever can get the crowd on his side in the moment, or it's never about helping the actual truth. It's about making people think that's what's happening. Come on, guys. I mean, we need to see that this is not happening the way there's a vote. doesn't happen. The people that should be the least accept, or uh, the people should be at the back of the line of this process, the first ones dealt with. And they're the biggest liars in the process. They're the very people that promoted people like this being censored and cheered it. And they get but let back on instantly. Well, here's one last point in this first segment. So you saw this, right? Twitter support literally put this out with their fancy gold check. I'm telling you, I bet you that becomes the new thing. But I know it's like a business thing, but I feel like that's going to become some kind of sought-after thing. We recognize that many of our users are active on social media platforms. However, we will no longer allow free promotion, very interesting word, as if maybe they'll charge you to promote other platforms, of certain social media platforms on Twitter. And it goes on to explain specifically we will remove accounts created solely for the purpose of you know, and like I understand what they're saying here, but it's a really hard thing to enforce and it becomes very slippery slope. Cause what they're really getting at is, you know, people that make accounts like for another platform and then just bomb it with other things, which you know, let them do it. Who cares? I mean, I don't really understand the negative. It's still using their your platform. Just because it's bringing people to other platforms, and I think that's the crux of the point. This is about a choke point. It's about keeping people on this platform and only this platform and only getting their information through the choke point. That's what this feels like to me. What's interesting, though, is everybody was screaming about this, and actually this is what one person said. He says, The tweets by Twitter support this morning announced a new policy banning linking to competing websites have been deleted. The policy itself was deleted from Twitter's website. He says, Musk's lackeys Spent their entire day in his mentions defending this absurd policy as just and wise, only to have ba- Musk abandon it 12 hours later. It's a, it's a really important point to think about. <clears throat> it's just, it seems like completely, there's no guidance to this. It's, a, it's whatever he decides tomorrow. I'm sure you can be okay with that. It is private company; can do what he wants. But the point is, we can't continue to pretend like this is not very concerning. As the governments are involved, as the FBI is involved, clearly as he is tied to the greater agenda, the Great Reset, and all of this stuff, and that it's clearly training people to engage in a very, very different and seemingly willfully ignorant process in regard to journalism. Now, let's talk about a couple of fun examples. That you know, I agree, I agree with this. What he says here. Uh, David Sachs points out, in their zeal to attack Elon Musk as a free speech hypocrite, the corporate media has defended impersonation, the right to post swastikas embedded in a Jewish flag, and others stalking, doxing, all by means, let's keep going with this. Now, just, see, just so we're clear about this, guys, he's talking about the realism symbol. So that means this person, David Sachs, who, what is he? I don't even know what he is craft ventures what is he well just the point is people are you know promoted promoted and prominent and he's not right that's wrong that is that is misinformation he probably doesn't know that it wasn't a swastika and it wasn't a jewish flag it was a symbol created by this group because of the dream that he had and in fact he tried to set this group up in israel the guy it's not about a racist thing and the point is even you go back further and show it on the buddhist symbols just the swastika and saying reverse and so on but the point is that's not true, but that's how it gets framed. And that's just going forward, just becomes a talking point. That's how what that's what happens when you only view information through a choke point. Just to I hope that makes that point clear. But either way, his point is that the corporate media is suddenly defending all these things, making themselves look like the hypocrites they've always been. And defending online stalking and doxing, of course, pretending that's what happened before. All by means, all by all means, let's keep going with this. And Elon says they abandon even the pretense of noble principles which I don't think they've ever held in their zeal to keep their monopoly on information seen by the public It's a very interesting point though, isn't it? Seeing as how that's not what they want because now Elon has a monopoly on the information seen by the public. That's interesting. So is it real resistance or is it fake resistance? Who knows? But what I do know is that this is an an entertaining development because I personally, very strongly, as I've made clear many times, think that people like Oliver Darcy are some of the most uninformed people on the planet like and i mean truly informed they may have in in you know in-depth knowledge about some specific event or something but it's very selective knowledge and of course they will ignore the things they're supposed to not look at and blah 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 but it comes down to things like the great reset and you know that these dangerous vaccines are killing people they're they're like the the uh i don't know his name
7: uh
3: shapiro's of the world why can't i remember his first name ben shapiro's of the world Screening and waving their arms and saying, they they, they lied to us. No, well, yeah, they always lied to you. And you might have <clears throat> had the wherewithal to look at the source material and see that they were lying if you had even cared to. Because we did, and we did right in the beginning. And a lot of people did. The point is, that's the kind of thing you get from them, is the willful ignorance to ignore all oh, the great reset conspiracy theory <clears throat> as it's literally built around us. My point, though, is that that's why people like this end up flabbergasted about what's happening right now and it's entertaining to watch them act like this is unprecedented even though i will still say at the end that he shouldn't have been censored because that's also censorship and we shouldn't support that but mike solana points out cnn senior media reporter just learned how suspensions work for the first time <laughs> it's hilarious they have truly been on a different platform than the rest of us for years now, I would argue if you're going to frame it as the government and the controlled operators versus the rest of us, then I agree. But of course, I kind of think he means left versus right. I don't agree with that, at least not in a whole sense. Obviously, we can all see it was slanted one direction, but I think we're starting to see that teeter totter. I always point out it's happening right now in front of us. Suddenly, the teeter totter flips over. And now the right seems to go on. The left is great. Yeah, back and forth. It's over the process of a long period of time. Historically, you can see it very clearly. The point I often point out that we just still remember. It wasn't that long ago that it was the crazy evangelical right. And the sane left fighting for anti-war, and now it completely flip-flops. It happens over and over and over, and they keep you lost in the two-party paradigm. Anyway, here's what Oliver Darcy said. Let's all collectively laugh at how stupid this is. Musk has restored several of the journalists he banned. But there's an apparent condition to their return. (gasps) Breaking news! A notice on Donnie's account said he'd been suspended for violating Twitter rules. It required him to delete a tweet before he allowed to post with an option to appeal. Man, get your pens out, guys. This is some breaking stuff. Oh, it's the next one here. This is just, just, wow, they were truly coddled. This is the funny one. (laughs) We extremely need a play-by-play of this. This is not a joke, too. This is, Donnie tells me he's not deleted the tweet and has instead appealed the decision. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the tells me he's decided to delete the tweet. Kind of absurd, obviously. Yeah, where have you been for the last entire lifetime of Twitter? Right? Like the idea that it's always been pretty childishly stupid to say, delete it, then we'll give you a 12-hour timeout, and then we'll let you back because you've learned your lesson. It's social engineering, guys. In real time, that's what this always has been. I guess these completely sheltered, head-in-the-sand journalists have no clue as they've been screaming to do this exact thing to other people the whole time but only the bad ones, right? Tells me he has also just now appealed. <laughs> Great. Let's keep the play-by-play going, Darcy. Great journalism. It's really embarrassing. Glenn Greenwald points out, I've never seen an orgy of hypocrisy quite as brazen as how the exact same media corporations and journalists who spent years demanding more big tech censorship turned overnight into free speech champions. Not really. Because now it's their friends being silenced rather than their enemies. I mean, de- I, Okay, You've heard me use the word childish and children a lot over the last year. It's just because I've never seen something more obviously in that category. Now, if you look just what he just described, if what is that, if not childish, they're stomping their feet. Oh, no, you now you're censoring my friends and I don't like that. It's my ball. I'm going home that we are watching a bunch of man children walking around acting like they are in charge. When really, like I keep pointing out, they're some of the most uninformed people out there because they think they have everything understood, but they don't know basically, I mean, my opinion, most of the information that we're talking about. And we just exposed that over all of COVID-19. All of, I mean, okay, Ukraine's a great example. When Ukraine started, I didn't know. I I didn't have, I didn't just like go, oh, they're all Nazis, I know that, and jump out and start. No, I did my research. I dug into the story. I found a bunch of corporate articles that were saying that. I said, well, that's interesting. Look at these people that are right now saying that this is not that, all yelling about how it used to be that and it uh, was 30 seconds ago. So I dive into it. Like okay, well why were they saying that? I look at the information. I dive to the source material. Source material. What do you know? And I go all the way back to the reports on the ground from Ukraine, the videos they were showing, the documentary, everything. And I said, well f- very clearly these people are pretty dangerous. Storm Clouds gathering had a great a great work, a great body of work on that. And so I started talking about the reality. I said, well, these people are pretty extreme. Here's the symbols they have on their on their word. Here's what they're saying in the streets. And then suddenly the whole story got really mainstream. And that's how far ahead we were on that story. The only, even right now, people are still kind of debating whether it's all or not. Guys, it is the whole damn thing. The people I mean, I say that kind of facetiously. The Azov movement and the groups tangential to them, the right sector and Savota and all these different political parties and different groups in the ground have taken over most of the controlling structures in that country. That's because that's what the government, the CIA, have wanted to happen. They've written about this, Operation Aerodynamic, I think Project Aerodynamic. The bottom line, though, is that we did our due diligence, and, and we were called crazy. You crazy racist, they're not They're not Nazis. Zelensky's a Jew, you didn't know that, they're Nazi. Okay, well, so a Jewish person can't be a Nazi collaborator? They didn't happen during the war. You're a conspiracy theorist, you're a racist. Now look where we are right? Now, I mean, yes, I'm in a way patting myself on the back, but it's really, I continue to say, demonstrating our value. And it's about the work of you guys in the community, the work of the people on the T-Lab team and myself in general, about continuing to fight and find the information that they don't want you talking about and being objective about it. Sometimes it's fake, sometimes it's not, and showing it to you. The problem though, is that a lot of times these people These pouting, stomping their feet children that are screaming that this shouldn't be allowed right now are the very people that tell you you're wrong when you get that before they do. And most of the times, these people are generally aware that they're not really informing. They are just doing what they're told. And to them, that is journalism today. Maybe they can't even tell the difference. Now, here's an interesting dynamic. And this just these last two parts kind of speak to. Well, this part specifically kind of speaks to, I argue, the very weirdly controlled and concerning process that are the Twitter files. Like, I don't know if it's just me, but I've kind of pretty much stopped really engaging with them just because most of it I feel like we already generally know doesn't mean those things aren't wouldn't be relevant if and when they show the source material. But I'm just, I just, I can't can't continue to pretend like we're, what, on seven, 24-7 at this point? Barry Weiss already came out and said, don't even look, documents won't even be able to tell you the whole story. That's the exact opposite of the truth. That is the only thing that will tell you the full story. They only want you to listen to what they say it is, just like Cuomo said about WikiLeaks. Starting to sound familiar? Don't look at WikiLeaks. Listen to what we tell you. Here's the new normal, guys. But Consent Factory points out, here's Elon laying into Barry Weiss because she dared to mildly assert her independence as a journalist. If you can call her that. Like most imperious narcissists, Musk cannot tolerate anyone criticizing or questioning his actions, especially not someone he thought he had bought. Now we'll just look at the actual tweets. So she says, the. By the way, this tweet was very weirdly not able to be seen. It was like, just Twitter, this tweet's unavailable for all day yesterday and the day before. Only just now, I had an image next to it because I thought it was going to be gone. But I thought that was interesting because it's the one that he had issue with. It says, the old regime at Twitter, governed by its own whims and biases and sure, biases and sure, looks like the new regime has the same problem. It, that's an interesting statement. I oppose it in both cases. I find that hard to believe. And I think those journalists who were reporting on a story of public importance should be reinstated. She goes on to say, I have never been swayed by the true as a private company argument. Well, I mean, it's not an art, it's is today, it really wasn't before. The point is, it's a fair argument. But it, it, all that ends up being the point is that if it's a private company, then if there, you have to prove there's not government involvement, because if there is government involvement, it still becomes state censorship, as Caitlin Johnstone's pointed out many times. So it's just the way they they just kind of like discount that I've never, you know, considered been swayed by this very valid argument. It's a weird thing to say. And I'm left wondering, as I wrote yesterday, whether any unelected individual or clique should have this kind of power over the public conversation. Like what is happening right here? So you're back, you're, you're, you're taking a step back and saying, I don't think this is the right process. Meanwhile, I'm the one in the process. Like, doesn't that seem ridiculous? So you're engaging with this process while arguing this maybe isn't the right way to do this. Well, shouldn't you have said that in the first place? Uh, So you're part of the problem and that's okay while you're screaming about it? Like, I get why this would bother him. It seems like a really ridiculous thing. And she very clearly is trying to dance both sides of this, which is not very honest to me. I don't need to dwell on how mesmerizing it is to watch these journalists who defended, even celebrated, Twitter's bans under the old regime, under the guise of safety, now call it censorship and say it infringes on freedom of expression. It did then and it does now for a deeper conversation. Look at my work over here, right? That's how they're all doing this. And I get it. Support, you know, use your platform that you're now, you know, I mean, look, look at where they are now. Almost a million followers. That was not even close to what they, every one of them have now got million plus followers almost obviously this is a gigantic benefit to them every single one of them and 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 likely there's a lot of jealousy from that from these people that are trying to pretend like twitter is suddenly useless despite the fact that they act like they're leaving and then never really do because there's nothing this is the point guys and i don't want it to be this way i don't want twitter to be a choke point that's why we should actively try these other platforms as i do but the point is that to them and everybody at this point, Twitter, is clearly the central point for most of this stuff, which I want to change. But for them, as much as they act like, like you know, Whoopi Goldberg, oh, I'm going to leave tomorrow. Did she? <laughs> I'm willing to bet you she'll be back if she did. Because this is where everybody goes. And they don't want to be outside the group. They don't want to be screaming into the wind on some other platform as they've forced other people to do. So it's kind of funny, isn't it? But here's what he said. Oh, wait, was this the... Oh, yeah, this one. Okay, so he responds by saying, what should the consequences of doxing someone's real-time exact location be? See, at this point, he was still really forcing this in, even though it's kind of falling apart today. Assume your child is at the location as as mine was. Okay, so now what are we talking about? I think he's making stuff up here. I could be wrong. But remember... I'm, I'm not saying this because I think I can prove we've proven with the actual account that the only thing that was happening was publicly available information. So if he posted his child's location, well, that would be included. I doubt that's what happened. It was the plane data and where that was going. And they aggregated the info and kept track of it on this platform. Right. So you could argue the child was on the plane. But that's publicly available information. And we wouldn't know the child was on that plane. Right. So the bottom line, it comes out to assume your child's location. Well, that's not really exactly the case here. What ultimately happened was not even really doxing when you break down the fact that it was publicly available. That's the line. If it's not, if it's publicly available, it's not doxing. There's a, this needs to be defined and I, I doubt it ever will be. But and it, she, he goes on to say, this is, this is interesting. This is him chastising her very quickly. She didn't respond. Same day. He says, Barry, this is a real question, not rhetorical. What is your opinion? That's your boss saying, answer me now, because I asked you a question. Rather than rigorous, rigorously pursuing truth, you are virtue signaling to show that you are good in the eyes of the media elite to keep one foot in both worlds. I agree with that. Now, here's what she said, because she did respond dutifully, as she was told. She says, if somebody messed with my baby or my family, I'm sure I'd change the rules and ban the jet account, too. It's not what happened. But last last month you said you were leaving it up to to show your commitment to free speech remember that guys he posted something that said i will not delete elon's jet because i believe in free speech so the only way you can take that is he did delete it because he doesn't understand it was the same thing then the stalker doesn't change the reality of what elon's jets were were assuming that stalker was even connected to it because the detective doesn't seem to think so either way he went back on that like he has many times so far. So doesn't it make sense that people would be confused? Unfortunately, I agree with her. <laughs> I just don't ever like agreeing with people that I don't really think are honest, but I agree with that. Given the mixed messaging, I would have given more notice on the rule, the new rule, before punishing anyone for a violation. But see, these aren't, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Is there some kind of central location where whatever Elon des- decides by edict that day is written down somewhere? I don't know. Where are the are the terms of service being updated every 40 seconds something changes? I don't think that's happening. So it's not like we haven't given more. What's the notice that he tweeted? Are we supposed to follow his account now and day to day get the new rules? Totally fair game to take action against those accounts. I don't agree with that. But I think people object to the lack of clear process and communication. I do agree with that. She says, I don't envy any of these decisions. But the problem with old Twitter, which appears to be the same to me, except the teeter totters flipped, was that the rules were vague unevenly applied and often backfilled to suit the political project prejudices of management doesn't that feel like exactly what we just went over new twitter has an opportunity to be different open transparent and above the partisan fray i mean even it seems like what she's suggesting is that's not where it's going and that's kind of why she's saying that you take it for what you will but i find that very very telling and the fact that he is kind of chipping back at them and keeping them in a certain location i find i first i thought she actually deleted this tweet which we said unavailable but it's still there either way are we supposed to pretend that these are free and objective journalists when he's like shouting back at them when they say things they i mean (laughs) i don't know why anybody takes this process at face value guys it's embarrassingly not transparent now here's something i thought was very interesting Here's a tweet by Elon Musk. You know, in some parts of the world, journalists get murdered for crossing the wrong people. Banning the reporters I don't like from my own platform feels like a pretty innocuous alternative to me. Now, of course, had that been a real tweet, that would be a big deal, wouldn't it? Oh my God, he just literally said that he does what he wants. Except it wasn't a real tweet. And what's funny, oh, look at that. They even added this. This wasn't there before. That's interesting. So here's what's funny. This is so funny. Now, of course... In the and they're they're using Snopes, so Twitter is now using Snopes. You gotta love that, right? Where are all the Republicans out there who can't stop laughing? And look, Snopes is absurdly ridiculous. However, it is satire. It is fake. So even though Snopes and all the fact checkers are usually being ridiculous, sometimes they're actually telling you the truth. That we that, that's called being real. <laughs> we have to understand that they'll look at this. Like the point is, guys, you can see right here. This was a joke, satire, fake tweet that somebody created. It comes from Reddit. That this is where it came from. I, I followed all the way back, and then it got shared. Now, what'll blow your mind is how many people shared this. And there's some prominent accounts in here, guys. Oh, I mean, just everybody, and every one of them is going, the best part is people saying this, or, you know, the point is they believe this. They're laughing and saying, I knew Elon wasn't real. Actually, it was from Democrats' platform, people's platform. Read the Twitter files. You'll know. Defending it, laughing about it, all of it's fake. You want you get you hope I hope you're seeing where I'm going with this. What they're doing with the Twitter files is doing this to people. People from all sides of the two-party paradigm, you know the people that are lost are continuing to take things at face value. Why wouldn't they take this at face value? They're doing it with all the other screenshots on Twitter files, right? They're being trained to think that's that's the source of it. there you go. It says Elon Musk, those are words. It must be him because that's what we're being trained to do. Okay, so everybody shares it. This is This has 3,000 likes, 735 retweets. So my point is, all these people completely shared this, and it gets moving, and people talk about it, and then it just becomes ubiquitous with the conversation. We'll see this pop up probably six months from now, and we'll have to reiterate that wasn't real, and they'll call you a shill like this. It goes over and over and over. So my point is, guys, that we need to stop falling for this kind of stuff do your due diligence, whether it's the Twitter files or anything else, and you know where you can't do your due diligence right now? The Twitter files, because we don't have source material to compare it to. That's kind of the most clear point in that case, that if you don't have source material to compare it to, we don't know whether the screenshot is in fact not, maybe it's altered. Even those documents, maybe they changed something, right? I, I mean, this just seems like such common sense to me. But I have seemed to be getting attacked from left and right about this. It blows me away. But, back to this point, they added this now, and I'm sure he did this because it is fake, and so he doesn't want people to think that. See, even I'm talking as if this is Musk doing this, but it does kind of feel that way now, doesn't it? At least that's how he's presenting it. Just his whims changing things. But why don't they have an issue with the free speech saving Musk using snopes to delete things, or rather just to, you know, suppress them, which is what we know he said he's doing. Freedom of reach or freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, which by the way, legally speaking, they're one and the same. As I spoke with with Sam Husseini, there's precedents already in the past showing you that freedom of reach is intertwined with freedom of speech. You can't decouple them. If you do, you're violating our our, our, our constitutional rights. Here we are, violating them on Twitter under free speech, apparently. Very interesting. All these examples of how it's the same damn thing. Now, last couple points on Twitter before we finish with the uh, COVID-19 vaccine discussion. Glenn points out, good morning, U.S. Congress about to spend another $44 billion on war for Ukraine and all this different stuff. And it's, it's 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 the same obscene war spending we've always had. What I found interesting is this defense contractor who literally works with these defense groups and the Pentagon steps in and says, no oversight. That sounds as, as fishy as the random $60 million allocated for this bill for salmon. And by the way, look through his account. There's all sorts of comments about stuff military related and, you know, criticizing this. And, that, and he has every right to do that you know, pretending we all have free speech on this platform. What's funny though, what's interesting is that this uh, this overlaps with a concerning issue that I was speaking about with somebody before. I just, I don't know if he wants me to mention that I was speaking with it or not, but the point is that if this is a problem as a defense contractor to be criticizing military spending at the very least, like, wouldn't that, like, I guess the point would be that ultimately you would risk your standing, your clearances- your deals with contractors for you know seemingly continuing to criticize the processes of the very entity that you're working with. Maybe, maybe not. But I find that to be an interesting point. That that it, the argument being that this might be falling be hollow, or rather saying things that they want them to say because it's not really having any account any action against what happened, or what is happening with his contracts and so on. You know, with the brain machine interface and Neuralink for Ukraine, everything else. You know, all the not scary things at all. And now, last two points on this, same, same segment for those that laugh when I say that often. Saudi crown prince bragged that Jared Kushner, of all people, gave him CIA intelligence about other Saudis saying, here are your enemies, days before corruption crackdown. Great. So we've got a, an over, a handing over of CIA intelligence to the Saudis by Jared Kushner. This guy. You know, the guy enjoying the World Cup next to Elon Musk along all the Saudis. Right or excuse me, the Qataris. What's funny to me <clears throat> is that this is such an obvious overlap of the concerning blending of what these people really are—the government, not left and right—the reality of the authoritarian controlling group that wants to control your life. And so now we got, I, and even now there's, and I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure. This has been floated. But the idea that, you know, Elon's going to step down because of some poll, which I don't even know if that's even going to happen. But people floating the idea that it might be actually Jared Kushner. I don't even know if that's something based in reality. A lot of people have been floating that idea. But either way, think about how crazy that would be, especially with this kind of information, knowing that this is a person that's been handing CIA intelligence to a government outside this country. You know, sort of like Israel hands over things to China when when the U.S. knows that. Nobody cares. But if this guy were to work in this case, what would that mean for real free speech? It's just, I don't understand why people think this is not exactly what it looks like. Now, I do want to give one last shout out. I thought this was very kind. As this is being shared a lot, then I haven't gotten any response. The Indie Left News, uh, Indie Media Today, awarded me, uh, what was the uh, just top, uh, top streamer award. I appreciate that. kind of Kind of in support of me being censored. Now, unfortunately, now in, in truth, I'm not, well, I guess that it's just the Indie Media Award, so fair enough. I, I was going to say I'm not left necessarily, but this is just the Indie Media Award. So I really appreciate it. I to give them a shout out. They're, in fact, they're apparently, and this is on, there. it's on this page here. You guys can look at it for yourself. Apparently, they're going to be sending me this, like an actual award. I thought it was pretty cool. But I just want to give them a shout out. I appreciate that, supporting me and standing behind me, even as we get, you know, as we're selectively censored. So I appreciate that, guys. Keep up the good work. Now, let's start back in sort of like rapid fire through the beginning of this again and finish the you know the show that we were trying to do the other day this is very important to understand the body of evidence around covid-19 which you know maybe this is why we are being pushed off these platforms with lots of reach cuz don't forget we almost got back up to 30,000 followers on that account and you know it's a hell of a lot more reach and a hell of a lot more standing and don't forget I didn't even mention this guys <laughs> i i just signed up for the blue check Only because I got the new count back just to see how the process and see if they asked for some invasive stuff. And it didn't. So I went through with it. How much you want to bet they still charge me? How much you want to bet I still pay for it? Maybe even going forward, (laughs) I'd laugh. And I'll tell you if I do either way, I find it very interesting that that, you know, that they allow that to happen and then remove it. It's very telling. But there's a lot of information that can go out through this that I think they don't like. But don't forget, guys, the British Medical Journal, a gigantic peer-reviewed study came this came out in December this year. COVID-19 vaccine boosters for young adults, a risk-benefit assessment. And as they found, overall, there was a net harm, all said and done, that they would need to stop one hospitalization, just one, over a six-month period, between 30,000 to 42,836 young adults aged 18 to 29 getting a third shot. Not one, not two, but three to stop one COVID hospitalization. This is about as high level as it gets, guys. Journal of Medical Ethics, British Medical Journal, very clear, peer-reviewed. They tell you that booster mandates are a net harm per COVID hospitalization prevented. They anticipate 18.5 serious adverse events. So for every one COVID hospitalization, potentially 42,000 people have to get three shots and within that group, they anticipate 18.5 serious adverse events so deaths, hospitalizations, just to stop one COVID hospitalization. And that's assuming that in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, as we predict with all the information, this won't completely continue to cause problems in your body. Here's the other one. This is another gigantic study on the Science Direct platform, at least Innate immune suppression by these injections. Sustained synthesis of the spike protein. Continues to be made in your body. It The spike protein is neurotoxic. Impairs your DNA. Suppression of type 1 interferon responses. It impaired immune, innate immunity. mRNA vaccines potentially cause increased risk of cancers and diseases. Make you more sick. Get more cancer. Here's the, one of the most recent. This is, yes, uh, the preprint. So December 7th. A systematic review. They included 18 systematic reviews. So that's 18 gigantic studies that are scooping up everything they can find in the category that apply to their standards and reviewing it all. 18 of those, 14 individual random controlled trials, and 34 other studies, all with control groups. They looked at all of that data. It found significantly more serious adverse events of special interest with the vaccines than the placebo. I mean, that is the most damning thing I've ever heard in this concept, even more than the other parts. All of this data, and they found significantly more death, hospitalization, and permanent disability in the, in, in the vaccine group than people that got the saline, meaning that it is hurting people. There's no way around this. And the excess risk was considerably higher than the benefit, measured as the risk of hospitalization. So the whole benefits outweigh the risks, was never the case. Or at the very least, it's not now. I argue it was never the case based on all the data we have. The mRNA-based vaccines increased the risk of myocarditis with a mortality of about one to two per 200 cases. That's so much more than they're trying to lie to you about right now. We also found evidence of serious neurological harms, Bell's palsy, Guillain-Barré syndrome, uh, what is that, uh, myasthenic, myasthenic disorder, interesting word, and stroke, which are likely due to an autoimmune reaction, as has been suggested for the HPV vaccines. We really need to start going back in time to look at these older injections and things like SIDS and SADs and fibromyalgia and all these weirdly undefined categories and wonder whether they're just being caused by previously inflammatory injections. These harms were very common in studies of booster doses after a full vaccination. It's just over and over and over and over. That's why I framed it in the show today as I did the one before. Right. As the, as science is proving that these things are killing people in quote or the, in capitals with trademark, the science disagrees. People like this, who literally called himself the science, are sitting here with this look of just complete exhaustion. This look of like, I'm about to go to jail, trying to scream at you with all the science we just showed you as of this month. Wh- what's the problem with the vaccine? We have problems. They know there are problems. Seriously. now Dr. Fauci is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
8: He's now asking the Florida Supreme Court to greenlight an investigation into, in the way he put it, is any, uh, any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. What's your reaction to that?
2: I don't have a clue, Kate, what he's asking for. I mean, we have a vaccine that unequivocally is highly effective and safe and has saved literally millions of lives. The Commonwealth.
3: And as I always point out, they don't know that. That is the assumption. And if you really got pressed, like, let's say, in a court of law, they would have to say that. There is literally no way you can prove this saved somebody. Right? You can just look at the outcome and say, based on our research, this thing is supposed to do X, Y, and Z. So we gave it to them, and they had a bad thing, and they didn't die. Therefore, this stopped them from dying. That's a guess. Now, it's, it, there's a fair point to be made about whether this the science says it does do this thing and then if that did that thing, then you can argue there's the connection. But you know as well as I that we can see shots they said do X, Y, and Z, and it later turns out they didn't do X, Y, and Z. In fact, it hurt people, like we're dealing with right now. So the argument they keep making about, we saved millions, and look, I'm not saying they, like, generalizing. They are going, we saved three million point three point five million lives. They know they're making that up. They know they're guessing at best because they want to continue to yell at you gigantic numbers to make you feel like you're wrong. They don't know that. And the fact is, we can prove people that are being hurt by this constantly in real time. And I will show you a long string of high leveled, high credential, highly credentialed doctors, experts, scientists, all telling you exactly what they're seeing in contradiction to this very tired old man who continues to lie to you. Fund
2: has come out with a report just this past week. That vaccinations that have been administered over this period of time this out with a report millions of lives. The Commonwealth Fund has come out with a report just this past week that vaccinations that have been administered over this period of time, this last year and a half to two years, has saved three point two million lives, eighteen million hospitalizations, and approximately one trillion dollars in costs. So what's the problem with vaccines? I mean, vaccines are life-saving. So quite frankly, Kate, I'm not sure what what they're trying to do down there.
3: Yeah, right, because we don't know. What, what are you talking about? What, what problems? <laughs> I forgot. I never actually looked at this. I wanted to see just generally about this entity, see if anything stands out to me. I obviously should have done this before. I just keep – I forgot about this last time, too, because usually there, it's you know buried somewhere way down here where they've got like collaborators or things like that under the about us maybe working at the fund fellowships grants i don't know we can look into this but you know here my main point i made last time guys is this is not these are these are think tanks right so as we're pointing at high level peer-reviewed science the gold standard many but in this case random controlled trials 14 of them the absolute gold standard all finding these are killing people and what they do, they point at a think tank who sits around and gets paid by the government, and they say, they're saving everybody. In fact, $3.2 million. Great. Great. So we point to peer-reviewed science, they point at think tanks. What does that tell you? Now, if somebody's got any thoughts on this group in general, put it in the chat. I don't want to waste time trying to dig through this right now. I probably will later. But it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's funny how the Trust the Science crowd are weirdly stepping away from the science, huh? Common Sense MD points out, one of the biggest lies ever told is that those who got the shot suffered less once they got COVID than those who didn't get the shot. This is total unprovable BS, as we know, and a worse lie even than the one saying the shot reduced transmission, which was a lie. Well, here we are, where we know this, right? I mean, or rather, the, the, the same point with the deaths in or people that are saved. How would you prove this, right? How do you argue, and this is the Rogan analogy, that somebody got less sick than they would have if they didn't have this injection? I mean, it's just this is how childish this is. And you've got people in positions of high authority, scientists with all sorts of degrees who are not too stupid enough to to think that this is sound logic. And yet they're saying it anyway. And that's why we're starting to get more and more people that are being just going, I can't do this anymore. They like like when they like people like Maholtra, people like Dr. Peter McCullough, people like all the rest of them out there standing up and going, this needs to be discussed. Dr. Bhakti has been yelling about this from the very beginning. Dr. James Lyons Weiler. These are PhDs for crying out loud. Not that you should have trusted them like we did it. Question everybody. But all they can do is yell you down and say they would have guy, they would have died even harder had they not taken the shot. Great. Here's the other one. And this is just the kind of stuff we're getting from people like this. Unfortunately, it's not that black or white. For vaccines to work, you need the majority of the people to be vaccinated the point that I made last time is, okay, then explain to me why in a hot spot in like Sierra Leone, they rush in a bunch of vaccines for the people affected. Go, I'll wait for your answer, right? Clearly, that doesn't make sense. Because if that was the case, then why wouldn't they vaccinate the entire continent? Or how about the fact that that's why they continue to pretend that, oh, this one guy over in New York didn't get the vaccine. We're all screwed. It's not logical. It is designed, in fact, to keep people like this always pointing at somebody else when they keep getting sick. That's how that works. It's ridiculous logic. That's never been the case. Now, the argument they're kind of misunderstanding is the concept of herd immunity and whether that over time lessens the severity because there's a mass level of vaccination. Now, there's some logic to that if these things were actually even helping anybody. And that's assuming I even understand that correctly. And I've been lied to about that, too. But overall, to say that they don't even work unless most people are vaccinated is just completely illogical. It really is as childish as it gets. But here, let's get into some of these comments. Now, this one I just I played last time. President of the International Vascular Society raises concerns about COVID vaccines, Dr. Asim ulter points out. So another high-level individual, International Vascular Society, the president, raises concerns about the COVID vaccines in relation to cardiovascular problems. Now, he does include the COVID part as if it makes it worse, but he's very clearly pointing out that the injections are related to this. That's something they're standing away from. He says, it would be great if someone can show us the light of where to go from here. As Masimah Holcher points out, we must pause the mRNA jabs now. Not for some, not for only older and kids. No, everybody. It is dangerous for everybody to stop more unnecessary harm. This is Dr. Uh, uh, Alan D. Miller points out that Dr. Uh, uh, Mahad uh, Malik. Oh, excuse me. It's Mr. Ahmad K. Malik is a doctor who is now speaking up. I'm telling you guys, this is, it's, it is overflowing right now. And they are desperately running from this. We need to investigate what is going on. Here's what he had to say. Another expert telling you what he's seeing, as Dr. McCullough did. Now, here, I'll play this first. Quite a lot of us have been
9: very concerned about the mass rollout of an experimental, novel medical intervention to millions, if not billions of people around the world without proper long-term safety data. And over the last couple of years, we've seen increasing number of people um, with injuries, with adverse side effects, an increasing number of cancers, neurological conditions, heart disease, clots, and now this bombshell revelation by the MP Andrew Bridgens talking about covering up data about the safety of the mRNA vaccines like Dr. Asim Mahatra said, we really need to suspend the rollout of these vaccines. We need to stop and do a proper investigation to find out what is
3: going on. And you saw this in a previous show. Here is the MP that he's talking about. And by the way, this MP was, not, I don't think he was arrested, but he was just charged with a crime after after this happened. Now, I don't know if it's connected. I haven't done a dive, deep dive on this, but this member of parliament was just a, a, charged with a crime weirdly close after he just made the speech. So just consider that.
1: Madam Deputy Speaker, it's also been brought to my attention by a whistleblower from a very reliable source that one of these institutions is covering up clear data that reveals the mRNA vaccine increases inflammation of the heart arteries. They are covering this up in fear that they may lose funding from the pharmaceutical industry. The lead of that cardiology, cardiology research department has a prominent leadership role uh, with the British Heart Foundation. And I'm very disappointed to say that, that he has sent out non-disclosure agreements to his research team to ensure that this important data never sees the light of day. This, Madam Despeaker, is is an absolute disgrace.
3: Hmm. Staggering. And look, no one's there, by the way. Now, Dr. Peter McCullough has posted this and he's posting a lot of good information. Now I was going to say before somebody criticized me for for I guess saying the names too closely, Dr M- M- Mercola and McCola, which by the way, I, they sound very similar when you're talking quickly. So everyone's all everyone's got a criticism like I'm disrespecting him somehow. I have great respect for Dr Peter Macola. Now the fact we we talk, it's even right there. McCola, McCola, Mercola, McCola sounds very close. That's why I say Peter when I say his name. I was actually just talking to him before this about the censorship the censorship on Twitter. And and he was telling me that ultimately that his account he removed before this because he thought this might have been a way that they use this to censor people. And clearly he might, he might be right. was <laughs> very interesting, but can I really recommend my recent interview with him? It's a very short one, 30 minutes, very succinct and very important. There's a lot of really powerful things he says in there. And one of the biggest ones I argue was the fact that they were funding a lot of the entities long before the problems arose, but weirdly selectively funding to the areas where the problems arose, meaning either they knew the problems were there and didn't tell us before they showed themselves or they were the most prescient entities in the planet, and somehow just, just in case, saw heart attacks and all the problems they are now finding, and weirdly were funding these groups, and now those groups are being weirdly quiet about what's happening. You know, it's it's very interesting. But as he points out, families need to come clean. Cannot remain quiet and let this happen to more victims. And his point is, the families of the people that have died need to stop covering this up. And acting like, we need our, our silence. And Look, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to judge. You do what you think is right. You don't want people to bother you, then that's fine. I, I'm not criticizing. But my point is understand that by not being open about this and and you know, trying to avoid all the pushback from all the crazy mad people out there screaming that you're an, a liar because you have your child died of a vaccine problem. By not talking about that, you are hurting more people, or or it could lead to hurting more people, right? So his point is just, you know, you need to start standing up. A lot of them have. And of course, they do get attacked. And that's why many of them don't want to deal with this. And I completely get it. But this is happening all around the world. And it's time to start being courageous and standing up for this.
2: And she woke up and died. Who knows? Young people are dying these days.
5: It is my duty and responsibility as a consultant cardiologist and public health campaigner to urgently inform doctors, patients, and members of the public that the COVID mRNA vaccine has likely played a significant role or being a primary cause of unexpected cardiac arrests, heart attacks, strokes, cardiac arrhythmias, and heart failure since 2021 until proven otherwise.
3: Now, just to be clear, what he's saying right there is not that we don't know, so we shouldn't guess. His point is that the evidence points in a very clear direction. That these are these are the culprit until proven otherwise, because everything points in that direction. This is not like we don't know, therefore this one has to be not ignored. Like, obviously they're ignoring the, the biggest elephant in the room. But just not, don't misunderstand what he's saying right there, because that's how it gets taken on Twitter by people that don't want to hear it. He's saying that the evidence is there, and we've been pointing it out the entire time. These need to be suspended. Showing that the myocarditis causes heart damage and a scar, and then
9: the scar becomes the basis for a cardiac arrhythmia. Right. And then the arrhythmia is responsible for the sudden death that we're seeing. And we're seeing sudden death now on a massive scale in younger people. Man. It's my view. It's the COVID nineteen
3: vaccine until proven otherwise. Heartbreaking, is isn't it? It really is just it's horrifying to think this is actually happening. It is actually happening. Now, you know, any one of these might be some other thing that caused it. But we know that this is happening, guys. We're so far past that. This is happening. For sure. Whether every single one of them is because of this, I I will question that. I don't know. But are some of them leading to this? 100%. I will not get the third shot. I will not. Pfizer me once. No shame.
0: Pfizer me twice. Shame on COVID. Pfizer me three times. Shame on you. Uh, We'd ask him on the show, but he's dead.
9: 32 years old. My God. Cause of death unknown. We just saw a montage uh, implicating, I think, clearly demonstrating that the COVID-19 vaccines, actually all of them cause myocarditis or heart inflammation, and it's fatal.
3: My God. It's just, you know, it, 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 it little moments like this, you know, just where you it's just really, even to me, it is genuinely shocking that this is still happening. Now, Chris Martinson points out it's all coming out now in a flood. These shots were not safe. They were anti-safe and they still are. And you, I mean, this, you just can't misunderstand what you're looking at here. And this is specifically sudden death, guys. Look at the numbers before and all the data is down there. You can check it for yourself. Look at the numbers. The year is down there by the bottom, 2020, 2021, right when these injections began to go out, if the explosion in sudden death. If you're pretending it's COVID doing this, why wasn't it all through 2020? We had an entire year of this happening without any injections circulating. And here we are. I mean, this is a willful cover-up, guys. It's never been more clear. At the very least, there's some cause out there that they don't want you to look at. I'll give you that. The data, it's so very clearly the injection causing this. The, it's, it's like looking at something that is literally, it says on the label, can cause heart attacks. And then you're watching someone over here get a heart attack and they're in that same aisle. You go, well, you know, we don't know for sure, but it's probably the thing that says causes heart attacks. Like, it's that simple. Like, sure, there's other examples that could be existing, but I keep pointing out from the beginning, the fact that they're not going, well, it's not the vaccine, but it could be something else. No, No, they're going, it's not the vaccine. So ignore it. It's not the vaccine, so it's not happening. But we've gotten to a point to where it's undeniable. The excess death is even being written about. We're baffled. We're baffled about the excess death. We're not baffled. The doctors aren't baffled. So why is the media baffled? Here's Steve Kirch, who, by the way, I need to get back to his guy. We're going to have him on the show. In the Pfizer trials, more people died in the vaccine group than in the placebo group. In fact, by the way, just aligning this with the study they just did on top of that, right, using more studies... Eighteen systemic reviews, systematic reviews, fourteen control trials, thirty-four other studies, and found the same thing. That's really important. Where was it? Right here. That more people died in the trials themselves than the, in in the in, 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 than from the, in the vaccine than the placebo group. And it takes twenty-two thousand vaccines to save one life from COVID. Right. This has been this has now been backed up by this study itself, scooping in all the data and finding that yes, very clearly. This is a net harm. And that even in their own trials, they found that it was deadly and just covered it up. That's what Chris Martinson was saying. They were anti safe And you can listen to what he says right here.
0: So you killed 150,000 in order to maybe save 10,000 lives. And that's if the, the, the actual variant matched the vaccine, which it doesn't. So in other words, and for kids, by the way, the, the risk benefit is even worse. It's a, we kill 117 kids to save one life. Because everybody wow. is focused, laser focused on how many lives can we save from COVID. And they're not focused on how many people actually die from the vaccine. Because it's all covered up. Because the doctors aren't allowed to talk about it. Because they will lose their license. Or they will be fired if they talk about it.
3: You know, and you know what's crazy about that is that people will push back on that. But that's that's a public policy at this point. We they're they're passing legislation in Canada that says that you can't challenge like the medical consensus. So if the medical consensus is these things don't kill people and then you prove the vaccine kills people. Well, guess what? You're censored. You lose your license. I, I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. And that is what we're talking about. It's a public policy. Here's Dr. Peter McCullough. Pandemic myocarditis, four cases per million per for, for year. Now with administered products, 25,000 cases per million on shot two or three. So before this, myocarditis, four cases per million per year. That's what he saw. And he said this on our interview. He's seen an old, like a, just a waterfall of myocarditis and heart cases that it, comparably before never happened. And it wasn't during 2020. It started in 2021. That's the COVID overlap that shows you it's not COVID. But now, today, 25,000 cases per million. He's fine. That's what he's seeing right now. Listen for yourself. paper by uh,
9: Arolia and colleagues from Finland, published in one of the best cardiology journals, before COVID established a rate. It's very important. Uh, They studied everybody in the entire country, and they had very solid case identification. Four cases per million is the background rate of myocarditis before COVID. And the numbers, the very first number the CDC came out with and the CDC was uh, dividing uh, safety events by the total number of people who took the vaccine, assuming other people didn't get it. That is a flawed statistical approach. But even doing that, the first CDC estimate was 62 cases per million.
3: Real quickly, the point is they do that very often and they know that, right? They will selectively cherry pick or omit things all over the place just to make sure it looks a certain way. And they've been caught for this. Routinely caught for this. That's just one example he's pointing out. And then it
9: rapidly escalated. Tracy hoag at UC Davis, different data analysis, 250 cases per million. Sharf Kaiser Permanente found 527 cases per million. And now the two prospective cohort studies, Masugian and colleagues, and pesic and colleagues, two separate papers, when they finally do all the measurements before and then after vaccination. Uh, Masugian was on the second shot of uh, Pfizer in children aged 13 to 18. Lapesic was in healthcare workers on the third shot of messenger RNA vaccines. They find together that point estimate now twenty five thousand cases per million. Wow.
3: Now I don't know what that what that breaks down to per like one you know in like one for every so many kind of thing. But I often point at the most extreme I've seen, and this is one only one of the studies, right? So you have to factor all this in. And that one was saying that Pfizer was about one in five thousand, and Moderna was like one in thirty five hundred just unbelievably ridiculous it's very bad either way you take it my point is that maybe the number like that just when you break it down 25 per million it could break down to that anyway the point is either way you look at this no matter what data you're pulling from it's catastrophically worse than they shouted you down for saying moments ago don't forget very a very short period of time ago they were screaming that you were wrong for even saying it was possible then they were screaming that you were wrong for saying that anybody could be hurt by it. No, no, it's all mild. kids are fine. Now they're, I mean, what, I mean, who can't see how this keeps happening? Step by step by step, they incrementally increase the danger until then you look back and you're like, oh, you could die tomorrow, but just in case, take it. You know, it's, it's so ridiculous. The point is they were wrong. They lied. We used peer-reviewed science and data to argue things in the beginning that could be possible based on science. Then we very clearly said, well, clearly it is possible, got censored for it. And now we got censored again in the same account. They've lied to you or they're covering up their, ma- their malfeasance or their incompetence. You look out however you want, but clearly they're not on your side. Here's another article. This is from the Daily Skeptic. And this is another expert who's being censored for trying to expose the cancer relation. He says he's tried sounding the alarm about the vaccines causing cancer relapses. So now people that got treated and got rid of their cancers are getting cancer again because they got the injection. But the mainstream media doesn't want to know. Read it for yourself. This is yet another example of another expert who is standing up and saying, look, guys, I am seeing the problems here. Nobody cares. Peter Sweden points out yet again, this is one of the best graphs to point out. There's been a 4,070% increase. That's not a typo. In Bayer's miscarriage and stillbirth reports after the mRNA shots were ruled out. That graph says everything you need to know. And look, here's Twitter. Using fact checks to say, guess what? That's wrong. Thanks, Elon. Thanks for making sure we're going the right direction, right? That's not wrong, guys. Vayers data can be reported by anyone. The graph also does not match actual Veyer's data. Yeah, it really does. And you know why they're saying that now? Because we're going to get to this probably in the next couple shows. The CDC is actively being caught deleting things from how I already did a story about that like a month ago. So guess what? Reuters says so, so Twitter says so. You seeing it? We see in the reality here? A JAMA study of 100,000 pregnant women in the U.S. found no difference in miscarriage rates. Okay, well, how do you explain the Pfizer data from their own trials that found very clear data? Like, this is a game they're playing, guys. And Twitter is clearly playing their role. Whether it's Elon in control or not. Here's an example. Uh, this, and This is being posted by the physician, scientist, and head of Israel Institute for Biological Research for eight years. He's saying that the, the guy on Channel 12's live is, un, is tells tells on Channel 12 live the unpleasant truth about the vaccine being ineffective and unsafe. This is coming out every possible direction, guys. Dr. Karen Phelps reveals, quote, devastating COVID vaccine injury, says doctors have been censored. This is in regard to Australia. And they're coming out and saying, look, guys, the act, the fallout from these injections is catastrophically worse than what people are telling you and being censored for it. Everywhere you look. Here's another example. Asim Ultra points this out. Inspired by, uh, specifically, Andrew Brid- uh, Bridgen, emotive and powerful speech by Norwegian politician, Susan Hart. It's in, it's in Norwegian, but she's, quote, the COVID vaccination causes much more harm than it helps and must be stopped immediately. As he says, let's keep pushing. The bubble will burst soon. I mean, guys, I feel like the bubble's bursted. I just feel like the media refuses to point at it. It's obvious. The, look, every country you can point at, there's high level people that are at least starting to question this is the right thing to do. Then you got the people that are being truly honest that are going, pull these dangerous things now. Denmark, the US, UK, Scotland, it's everywhere. Oops. I forgot to close that. Here's Stephen Kirsch pointing out, which I showed you the other day. After everything we just showed you science, doctors, everything. What what more does it take for them to at least consider that it's not safe and effective, right? But as he says, no matter how bad the vaccine safety and efficacy data is, apparently you should get the vaccine anyway. As KJP dutifully pushes the propaganda and says, you, you we're just letting people know that they need to get this. They have to. Right. We've been clear. You have to get it. Great. Long, long as they continue to maintain the line. Well, here's another doctor speaking up in Orange County telling you why these things might be OK for some and wildly dangerous for others.
4: It's a toxic spike protein in your body that can cause adverse reactions, including nervous system disorders, cancers, and worst of all, myocarditis that can lead to sudden death. So you might be thinking, those adverse reaction people are crazy. I got the shot. Nothing bad happened to me. I'll give you five reasons why that is. First, you have no idea where the tip of that needle is when they push that plunger. If it's in a vein or a capillary bed, those... those particles will rapidly spread to your heart and to your brain, increasing your chances of neurologic and cardiac symptoms. Secondly, you have no idea how many particles are in that syringe. It could vary tenfold based on how it was prepared. And the more particles you get, the greater the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you just got lucky. Third, there is polyethylene glycol in the shot that keeps the particles from sticking together. If it degrades,
3: Thank you, James Lansweiler, for trying to get people aware of that all the way in 2020. Remember that on the Capitol steps when he was screaming about that problem and that nobody listened to him? Well, he was right.
4: And it does. You could get injected with coagulating goo that can cause a deadly stroke or a heart attack within minutes or hours. Fourth, the MD that's in the shot can degrade also so it won't even make the spike protein at all, lessening your chance of an adverse reaction. Fifth, the more acidic your body is, the more spike proteins you will make, and that will increase the chance of an adverse reaction. So maybe you got lucky again, and your body, due to your diet or medications, was less acidic, and you made less spike proteins. Right. But you can only be lucky for so long. The effects of this shot are cumulative. So my advice is to never, ever get one of these shots again. And if you did get one, get your D-dimer levels checked for microclotting and troponin checked for myocarditis.
3: D-dimer levels has been shown to be incredibly important to get ahead of potential blood clots and strokes and so on.
4: These problems can be asymptomatic and result in chronic disease or death in two to five years if you don't do something about it. Thank you. Wow! Thank you for your comment.
3: Now, now, that's just one doctor's opinion about the timeline, right? But what he's saying there, maybe outside of the first point about the how deep the needle goes in, that's the first time I've heard that. But everything he's saying there outside of that first point has been espoused by Dr. Peter McCullough and plenty of others, right? I mean, it's, it's all backed up by the scientific research that they're pointing at. It's de- this is how ridiculous this is. Here's Dr. Ryan Cole making similar points in regard to how this thing sometimes could be deadly and sometimes not based on lipid nanoparticles and mRNA and how it degrades and whether they were keeping them at the right temperatures, which we know they weren't in many examples.
0: A lot of people dodged a bullet and a potential harm is when people lined up in stadiums or outside and had these vaccination clinics, these vials weren't kept cold.
3: You know, like at the Waffle House or, you know, the Walgreens or, well, maybe the Walgreens might, but, you know, with the things like the... Uh, The dunkin donuts or getting chicken fingers or the fair you know all these ridiculous examples now some of them may have places to keep them cold but his point is we've proven i've shown you examples where this was not happening they've they've experienced this and those
0: fats turned into a glob of mush and the rna broke down into nothing so you got a shot of mush got lucky which you're lucky very
3: lucky because it wasn't kept cold and so the other thing, too, is... Each- which, by the way, doesn't mean that the lipid nanoparticles in themselves and other things in there can not potentially cause problems. But if you're not getting the mRNA, which is what he's saying, that means the mRNA is not there, which is your first success. Number two, the mRNA is how your body gets trained to make the spike protein, right? So effectively, you get nothing. That's what he's saying. It just becomes a mushy sal- sal- saline substance or something. But my point is there's other ingredients in there that are also in their own smaller ways problematic. Like, I, I did a whole point about just lipid nanoparticles. But either way, it's catastrophic, or you know, it's a bad word to use. It's exponentially safer like that than it is in the way they want to give it to you. And that was by accident.
0: Vial from different lots is not the same concentration. When you stir lipid nanoparticles, polyethylene glycol, and mRNA sequences, you can't agitate it quickly. But when that happens, the lipids kind of float to the top. Now you have thousands of vials going across an assembly line, You know, know, spitting out the content and the first couple thousand vials get a very dilute solution. You're not getting a lot of dose of mRNA or or lipid.
3: Now, now this is why people like these doctors here have argued that that wasn't something that was necessarily intentional. It could have been. Now, you could have done that by accident and then done it intentionally after you realized it. I mean, there's a lot of ways that could play out. But one of the early arguments was that it was based on lots and this was somehow focused on political standing. Right? Usually the two party paradigm is where these things come from, you know, finding something valid, but then assuming into your biases. But his point is that it seems like it was just something that, you know, just typical malfeasance, laziness, like especially if you believe they wanted to hurt you anyway. Why would they care? Like, you know, the argument wouldn't be that by being lazy that it would cause people to not be hurt by it. Like, I bet you wouldn't have been able to guess that, right? If you're thinking it's a process that's not being very well done or managed, usually that means bad things will happen. In this case, people got lucky because they were lazy. But then at the end of the batch,
0: now you have some very concentrated lipid and mRNA. So in each manufacturing run of this very poor manufacturing process, which has lots of debris and lots of vials and all these DBGBs and creepy things, are mostly manufacturing debris. And that's, again, what some of the mass spec we've looked at has shown. You know, it's from stainless steel vats. It's from aluminum seals. It's from gaskets, et cetera. It's from crushed
3: glass. Now, we saw that on that letter, the video we played before, right, where he went in and showed it on the, on the was it my, my, my cross, my microscopy, I believe, or the the process where he's looking at it on the the microscope, and he claims he saw a piece of glass. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy to think about. A good manufacturing process in a drug
0: development um, process takes years, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years, until you have a product pure enough that you can repeat every single time that it comes off the line that it's the same thing. You saw in that early European medicine agency last year, 50% pure. It's supposed to be a 99 plus percent pure product. That tells you everything you need to know right there. Right. As a pathologist, having looked at a lot of these, the more we look at, it's bad manufacturing. But a lot of people are lucky because of that.
3: Now you can see that's been edited, but it's meant to con- you know, con- condense the points. But overall, so that obviously the other side of that is that the people that got the concentrated version are having exponentially worse outcomes. That's likely the people that die within 15 minutes. Like we've had numerous examples of people that actually die in this, the Walgreens, like literally get injected and die in that same location. Now, those are far less than what we've seen elsewhere, but that happened. Or driving home and you get a car accident and they blame it on the car accident, right? Over and over and over. Now, this person says that he was wrong three times, first, second, third shot. This person says, I will never understand how people with no background in medicine knew this before people with a background in medicine. As this person says, they have been trained out of critical thinking for themselves. They are used to following procedure and not questioning why. I agree with that completely. What's interesting, though, is the reason you'll never understand it is because, and this is not a dig to them at all. It's because they don't understand what this person said here. That these people, not necessarily, I guess even this person who got three shots. Right. How is it possible that in 2020, I was wildly skeptical of this, not just because I'm a contrarian, but because ultimately I looked at things that made me very concerned as even a non-doctor. And then I looked to other doctors that were speaking up and I said, well, look, they're look at what they're pointing at. Like, why couldn't they do that? Because they thought they were supposed to do what the CDC said. That's how they're trained. And so the point is that yes their background in medicine gives them some advantage in a lot of different things that apply to their field but not really critical thinking when it comes to challenging what the authorities telling them is the thing to do. That's just not how they're trained. And so I think we've watched how that's been how that's played out. By and large much of the medical field just follows orders. Same with a lot of fields we're seeing today. And I think that's engineered. School systems and otherwise police, military, it's all this that's we are being driven in a very clear direction. But we shouldn't be baffled at all by this, because what we're beginning to see is that anybody that was smart enough or even just cared enough to go, well, let me look for myself. Let me just take a look at the data myself and let me just see what it says. Oh, weird. It says the exact opposite of what they're saying on the news. That's crazy. Now, why don't we know that? That happens every day. Because medicine's different, apparently. That's what all this was really about in one large way was training you to trust the medical establishment. They failed at that. That's why I called the Twitter files the trust the science moment for journalism, because they are trying to get you to trust what they tell you these things say, not what you can see for yourself. They actually say and download and save and, and so on. Like with WikiLeaks. Same thing here. We, people did what the CDC said. We were looking at it in 2020 and we were worried. We were taught. We were pointing this stuff out. We did cursory research on masks. And we're like, geez, these things don't work at all. Look at what they were saying about this. And we got shouted down for it. Look at where we are now. right? It's just—it's amazing how somebody like me, who just cares enough to do the research, can very quickly come to a general conclusion about the fact that they're being dishonest. Not saying I know for sure, because you know I haven't done that, especially in the beginning. It's, it's the Ben Shapiro example. They lied to us. Well, no, you allowed yourself to be lied to by choosing to trust somebody instead of doing what you claim you're supposed to be doing, which is journalism. That's how this works. And then we got people like this who are continuing to play the same game, even with all the things we're looking at. Here's Eric Fingleding saying thermonuclear bad. Why do you even need that with the emoji? Because he's trying to this is propaganda. What he says here is absolutely mind blowing to me. So first of all, you show a video of a very small room with, what, seven beds, eight beds? Okay. So I guess they want you, well, maybe more, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, let's say 10, 15 even, fine. Most ICUs have about 15, 20 beds. Some of them are much larger, but the average, right? So what we're talking about here is them showing you a room that you don't get the context for. What if every other one in the entire state is empty? What then? The point is, you don't know, and you, they don't care. Look look at this damning photo. And don't forget, in the beginning of all this, most of what came out of China turned out to be fake. That's been retroactively shown. But we don't talk about that, because now it's happening again. Well, it goes, hospitals completely overwhelmed in China, like they were here, like you claim they were before. None of that was true. Not entirely. Ever since restrictions dropped, of course, because the masks don't work, that's why they're sick now, right? Epidemiologists estimate, oh, here we go again. Get this number. of China and 10% of the Earth's population will likely be infected over the next 90 days. How in the world could you possibly know that? Especially since there's a lot of other factors you guys pretend don't exist. You know, like natural immunity, if that's even we're dealing with, or the fact that if this is vaccine side effects being called something else, I argue other people aren't at risk. The point is, there's so much undefined, but apparently Mr. Fingleding can know, know, and state for you, At thermonuclear bad, be afraid, go home and scare yourself to death about a number he can't prove. Fantastic. Or people like this. The WHO saying anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression. This guy is one of the worst. This guy is Bill Nye on steroids. Has now become a major killing force globally. See my point? Words are violence, according to Dr. Hotez peter hotez so anti-vaccine activism or you know asking questions about whether they're safe because you know to them it's the same thing which i actually call anti-science aggression okay so now asking if things are dangerous is aggression it's in fact as he puts it a killing force globally how long until they start arresting people for it if it's killing people around the world see my point This is all organized in the same direction. White supremacy, blah, blah, blah. It's all about creating the idea that what you say, social media otherwise, is actual violence if they say it is. Look at this guy. I mean, come on. He's always wearing the same coat. This is like Zelensky for science. Same green shirt, same thing. These people are being put in front of you. This guy has actively been wrong about most everything that's happened throughout this process. But what he wants to tell you, I'm not going to waste your time with the video, is that you're all going to die if you don't take this because anti-science and danger and risk. Well, guess what? That's not what's happening. The evidence very clearly, as even Dr. Peter McCullough showed on her interview or stated, was that the unvaccinated in his practice and everyone he talks to are singing the praises of not getting these injections. Almost everybody they know that's unvaccinated is perfectly fine. Even if they claim they got sick and got better. Well, if that's the case, then they've got natural immunity. That's why. But all the people getting injections are repeatedly getting sick, continually getting cancer, getting rashes, getting pneumonia, getting over and, over and over and over It's everywhere you look right now, collapsing from unknown disease, dying suddenly. It's everybody. Every time it's easy to prove that they're injected, which, by the way, as he pointed out, is unfortunately the majority of people today because they scared and forced and coerced. But now we have examples of stuff like this. And even Fox News doesn't have the courage to say former New York teacher, injected teen with COVID-19 vaccine, even though she admitted it. In this article, they say that, and yet the title still has to say, teacher accused of injecting teen. Okay, if she admitted the crime, admitted fault, culpability, and now is serving the time, even though it's only community service, if you can believe that, why is it accused of? Because they want this to go away. That's my argument. They want it to be a quick little thing. Oh, he's Oh, she's probably going to be vaccinated. Let's move on. If it said injected a teen, well, that would draw a lot more attention, wouldn't it? Just my opinion. Still up here. This high school teacher has been accused of injecting a teen with a COVID vaccine at her own home. She has been sentenced to community service and probation after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor charge. Laura Russo, 55, was arrested at the beginning of January and authorities accused her of giving the 17-year-old the son of someone she knew, a COVID-19 injection dose at her home, right? I'm sure that well, probably wasn't held at the right temperature, just guessing, but maybe that saved his life. Newsday reported that Russo later testified in a hearing that she got the dose. You see my point? There's no question here. Got the dose that she admitted giving him when a pharmacist gave her expiring doses after she asked for an empty vial to use as a Christmas ornament. She's probably trying to get an empty vial so she can find something to inject it with or fill it with to inject the kid and just got lucky by this ridiculous pharmacist giving her experimental gene therapy injections because, well, they're going bad. Do what you want with them. Think about how ridiculous that is. That's how this process is. It's all good unless you're an anti-vaxxer. Everything under the sun is safe and effective unless you think these things are dangerous. It blows my mind. Don't forget, my brother told me about a woman that was going into the bar and trying to give people shots from her purse because she was a nurse and took them from the hospital. Now I can't prove that to you, so you shouldn't be sharing that anywhere. But I know that I I he I was proven to me. I just don't I have I don't have anything I can actually show publicly. So my point is just simply to bolster this point that that was happening. That there are people out there that are that were and probably still are trying to influence people because they have been propagandized so aggressively to think. They're saving people's lives by doing this, even if it's expired, because it's better than nothing. An expired shot. Great. Authorities said the teen later told his parents who called the police, and rightly so. That woman should be in prison right now. Prosecutors had initially charged Russo with the unauthorized practice of profession, a felony with a penalty of up to four years in prison. I mean, think about how crazy it is that. Oh, what? So now you're charging her because she pretended to be a doctor? Did she? That's not even the that's not even the charge here guys. She injected your child with a substance that they I mean there's so there's so many crimes involved here. And the way they dealt with this, it shows you the overwhelming propagandized society we live in. Not only did they lessen that charge and go into something in, instead of the profession, but they gave her only community service. This kid could have died. The point is that the I argue the Law enforcement angle here probably doesn't think that's real. That there was no risk with the vaccine, so let's go in another direction. How much you want to bet that's why they didn't pursue that? But on Friday at the courtroom in Long Island, the former science teacher, of course, at this high school, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor count of attempting the unauthorized practice of medicine. My God. On Friday, Judge Howard's sermon ordered her to fulfill 100 hours of community service, right? Because he's probably secretly, my opinion, going, well, she was trying to do right. She was trying to do good. She was just trying to help people get vaccinated. Really? So how about if I did this in reverse? Oh, oh, that's right. Like that doctor that gave people saline. She got prison time. Isn't that funny? Weird how that works out. So the woman who actively gives people a different shot Who's allowed to do so gets prison time, but people who secretly try to give expired shots and do so to children when they don't have the right to do so or the legal standing to do so get a hundred hours community service. You get you catching on. The point is that there's obviously a propagandized narrative here that is throwing this all out of whack, and it's good vaccine no matter what, and bad anybody else, even from the police, even from the courts. That's scary. If Russo meets the community service requirements, prosecutors will even remove the misdemeanor charge like nothing even happened. Now understand, this kid could die tomorrow and they would not connect it with this. Makes me sick. Now here is the kind of thing that they're hiding from people. Just one of many testimonials about what people are dealing with when let's say this kid has a heart attack tomorrow and even the doctor says it's because of the vaccine, this is what happens to them. They get ridiculed, they get attacked, and they get shouted down as conspiracy theorists makes my skin crawl
8: unfortunately i'm not alone i participated in a clinical trial for astrazeneca and now i suffer from a severe debilitating form of neuropathy that will progress until i am essentially left in a care home i'm not alone in my struggle unfortunately there are other clinical trial participants that are dealing with the same thing There's Olivia Tessinara, who's a Moderna clinical trial participant, who now has severe and rare T-cell lymphoma. She's coded as moderate lymphadenopathy in the report. I'm not even in my report. Augusto Rue with Pfizer, severe um, and lasting at neurocardiogenic side effects. He's coded as fully recovered.
3: Maddie DeGuerre. Just in case you aren't hearing this, guys, these people have light, debilitating problems. And what she just said is that person got coded on Bayer's as recovered. I mean, this is easily provable. She's about to give you the example of Maddie DeGarry, you know, the girl that's in a wheelchair today eating through a tube. And still to this day, the Bayer's report says she had a stomach ache. She was like that when she left, at least be- the beginning process of her having these problems that have continued to get worse. And all they wrote down was stomach ache. Do you know the kind of disgusting, monstrous human being it takes to make that statement, to write down the lie that you know was a lie because you're afraid to point this out because you don't care? Uh, who knows? It's
8: disgusting. 12-year-old confined to a wheelchair, Maddie to carry a 12-year-old confined to a wheelchair, feeding tube, coated as a stomachache. This progressed on to the public rollout. One in three reports in bears. We don't know what's happening to these reports. Where are these people? We found over 20,000 COVID vaccine injured in just a short year with Joel and I founding an organization that's dedicated to advocating for the healing of these people who are suffering. The NIH knows. They flew us out. They researched
3: us. They also help people with secret protocols that the public still does not know about. That's such an important point. So the, the 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 what the government essentially is helping people with secret protocols that specifically deal with their vaccine injuries but not making it public. How else do you see that? That's the most dishonest thing I've ever heard of. So they don't want others to know what they can do if they have the same problem. Why? Because they don't want, you to know, there's a problem. That's criminal activity.
8: I know because I was one of those people that was given those protocols that Joel and I now use daily to help prevent severe disease from happening to people who are newly injured. And Dean also knows all of this. And when we've talked to them about these secrets, the response that we got was, there are no secrets here. Wow. There is one word that summarizes what's happening to the COVID vaccine injured. There is one word to describe us and it is ghost. But there is one very important message I would like to selfishly share for the injured. I want them to know that the fight is just now heating up, and please oh, yeah. stay with us. Do not give the drug companies one more ounce or one more minute of your life than they already have taken. If you do that, they win.
3: Here, here. Thank you. I'll talk to Joel it Takes a lot of courage to do that. Absolutely. Continue to fight, because they're losing, no matter how bad it may feel in the moment. Now I you know I kind of feel like I'm gonna this this topic is really interesting and we've gone longer than I wanted today, but this this has been circulating over it's it's been talked about a lot and it's very important. Pfizer's COVID nineteen vaccine linked to blood clotting, but what's interesting to me and it comes from an FDA document uh, you know study associated study where they essentially downplay the point where they essentially go yeah well it, we the it's obviously clinically relevant statistically significant but. X, Y, and Z, like whatever their narrative is. Well, but we don't know for sure. Therefore, we're not going to say. They they, they they, at the end go the other direction. Just like always. The point is, we already know this, guys. Who cares what the FDA at this point is saying or not saying? The peer-reviewed science roundly has proven that these things are causing blood clots. This is common knowledge today. The vaccines have been pulled from entire countries because they know this. Whether we're talking AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer. All of them have had their provable aspects. I just find that incredible. And yet the story is that the FDA admitted it, which is important, uh, but that's not even actually what happened. So it's just kind of frustrating that this is the way it gets packaged, but this is an important conversation. The point is we already know this. You already know this because the data has already shown you this. The FDA study, I think the point really is that even as we know this and have proven it, even the FDA doesn't have the courage to point at their own study and tell you the reality that it shows you or the study they're involved in that it has that same point. Now, here is one of the ones we're talking about. Surveillance of COVID-19 vaccine safety among elderly persons age 65 and older. You could read it through for yourself. As one comment somebody put on the website, FDA finds that the relative risk for pulmonary embolism of the Pfizer jab is statistically significant for those over 65 years old. Therefore, constitutes a clear warning signal as early as May 2022. That's the link we're just showing. Yet, as of today, they still do not stop the jab for people over 65. Claiming more studies are needed. That's the point. So instead of going, well, yeah, clearly, they go, well, we need to study more. So keep giving them the thing that we just established is probably dangerous just until we prove for sure that it is. That's not how this has ever gone. You get the smallest safety signal in the past that you don't even have to prove. They pull entire drugs off the shelf. If we can't see the agenda in real time, you're just not paying attention. This is either designed to hurt people or they're so afraid of a criminal accountability that they are sprinting in the other direction. Then they don't care how many people die. It's up to you. Dr. Peter McCullough points out explosion of blood clots in his clinical practice over the past two years since their market launch. From the early trials to the published literature, the signal is very clear. I think he says the Bradford Hill criteria, where they've proven this, that this is there. Every tenet of it, they've proven this is being caused by the injection. The signal is very clear. Strong rationale to pull these products from the market. And then just in case it was... Sp- I guess this macabrely humorous to point out <laughs> the very thing they're giving people on top of this after they get sick again after the injection Paxlovid. Guess what? The new study shows it causes deadly blood clots. Shocking! What doesn't cause blood clots that they're giving you to stop blood clots? How funny is that? In a very disgusting way. You know it doesn't. Ivermectin. You know it doesn't. Vitamin D. Exercise. Eating healthy. You know. You know what doesn't. The, the illusion of COVID-19 that's not going to hurt basically anybody, it seems. The absurdly, ridiculous, the part about this, guys, is they're giving you the things that are hurting everybody and then blaming COVID still. They're giving people things that are hurting them. The study I, I pointed this out about Pax Lovid when he first went through this, as well as all the other things. I think John Campbell did the same. It's obscene how much is being covered up. And as we try to continue to bring the truth to you and point this stuff out, we continue to be censored, even on the free speech platforms. How fantastic. Well, I'd like to end today with a couple of clips that I think are important. And this is the point I was making early on the show about the absurdity of government. And first, I'll play you a clip about Fauci continuing to lie about the Work done at the labs and so on, the gain of function research, and just real time being caught for doing so. And yet, you know, weirdly, the media can't stand back and go, "Oh, wait, so we were wrong about that. So let's question the next one." No, we'll lie again because that's what they're supposed to do. Here's what Fauci had to say. Oh, wait, looks like I didn't grab that one. But we'll end. We'll we'll play. I'm gonna play you this one. Then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna end you. End with a clip of something that I, it's just. It's almost. It's almost too. It's almost hard to watch. It's it's a parliamentary exchange in Canada. And it just goes to show you this. It's, it's like a perfect microcosm for what government is. Just this, this game they play of back and forth when their intention is in no way about really getting to the reality. The re, it's a, just, just politics. It's a game at your expense. Now, here's the one I want to play first about Fauci. It kind of backs up the point about how ridiculous government is. And this is one example of that. Him doing the exact same thing. And then we'll come back and play the
2: last one. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Madam Chair we did not fund
3: another great one by the way by uh by uh, kanoko the great as you can see up there at the top he i, I have a, a few of his in my in my clips here he, he did make some really
2: great montages fun gain of function research to be conducted in the wuhan institute and say it madam chair we did not fund gain of function research to be conducted in the wuhan institute of virology hey. In our health lead, we now know that a bat coronavirus was enhanced in a lab. NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National. Now I argue it's because
3: he tried to play the EPPP card, right? Remember, even Rand Paul called him out in public. Just because he changed the the term doesn't all of a sudden mean that it's not the same thing retroactively. That's, that's what they were doing. That's what I believe. Because it's very clear that they knew this. He was just trying to say gain of function. We didn't do gain of function. We did eppp research. Well, no, you just made that up in 2021. That's not new. Or it is new. It's always been called gain of function before this. That's what I think was happening.
2: Be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National Institutes
1: of Health acknowledged that it funded research of a virus that was studied at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The experiment, unexpectedly, we're told, made a bat coronavirus more (laughs) contagious than the original naturally occurring one.
3: Right, right. They tripped in their shoelaces and accidentally made it more dangerous. Oops, (laughs) our mistake. I mean, what a dumb thing to say. Like, they just accidentally? That doesn't give you a lot of faith about what they're doing over there, does it? You don't accidentally do it. That is gain-of-function research. The First of all, the point is they shouldn't be doing this at all. At all. There's no benefit to what they're doing. They lie to you about that. To pretend they're going to make a vaccine for something that only exists in their lab for some unknown possibility that may somebody may make the same unknown thing somewhere else. It's childishly stupid. They're making weapons. And they're being caught for doing so. That's what's happening.
9: Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th, where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan?
2: Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress. And I do not retract that statement.
3: A new letter raising questions about experiments
9: in a Wuhan lab.
2: What was, when let me take, finish. You
9: take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah,
2: That is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about.
3: For years, the National Institutes of Health provided grant money to the EcoHealth Health Alliance Research Group, which conducted experiments with bat coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. And if anybody is
2: lying here, Senator, it is you. That's where you are getting let me finish. We don't know. We don't know. We don't Wait a know. minute. It did I did come can... to the lab, but all the evidence
9: is pointing that it came from the lab. You, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab,
7: including yourself.
6: National Institute of Health admitted this week that it funded controversial gain-of-function
3: research using coronaviruses at a lab in China at the epicenter of the <laughs> pandemic. Contradicting claims from Dr. Anthony Fauci that American tax dollars
7: never
6: paid
2: for that kind of research. I have not lied before Congress. I have never lied Certainly not before Congress. Case closed. Ah, right. Love to be
3: certain about it, right? I'll just shout loud enough, and they'll ignore the facts. Well, that worked during COVID nineteen, so why wouldn't it work for him, right? The point is, he's caught. Even the NIH came out, as you know, and said basically, "Well, yeah, it happened, and that's not exactly. I mean, and they're just letting it go. Where, where? Why isn't he being prosecuted? Why that? It's a crime in and of itself to lie to Congress. That's a crime. But you know, they never went after uh, plenty of people. What was his name? I'm forgetting now. Uh, Clapper, Clapper got caught about the NSA and they just let the statute of limitations run out. Nothing ever happened because they protect their own. Right. That's how this works. I I, I doubt I doubt anything will happen to Fauci. I hope it does. He deserves to be prosecuted because he right there in that one instance, he's committing a crime. Aren't they accountable for their crimes? You would be dragged through the courts if you did the smallest thing like that. You jaywalk out here, you're going to get a ticket. (laughs) These people can literally put people to death with dangerous injections and lie about it. Oh, you know, no big deal. The point is, everywhere you look, these people have been caught lying. Everywhere. So we need to understand that in the context of what we're dealing with today. That the government is not on your side. Not one side of it. Not the other side. Not both sides combined. The government is not on your side. And I want to play a video here to finish that I just think is hilarious. I mean, it is, it's pretty insulting, but it's very, it, it sends a very important point that it's a game, right? That's not really about informing you, fighting for your rights. Now, now, you could argue, and I do like the work of one, of the guy tr- trying to make this point because he's in Canada. It seems that he's actively tried to fight for the little guy, but I'm not as immersed in the Canada, Canadian politics as I am elsewhere. So it could be that I just don't see those side of the argument. I'm not trying to claim this guy is the, the savior. I, I don't think any, I don't trust any of these politicians, but I have seen work where he's pointed out the, house, the, the, the housing market and how it's just wildly unaffordable for the average Canadian to buy a house based on things they've done. And he's continued to try to point that out. That's what this clip is about. Either way, the point is that this is how this continues to go. This is the waste of your time, the waste of your tax dollars, that even if one of them is trying to fight for some truth, that the reality is it doesn't end up doing anything. It's narrative and yelling and gotcha moments that don't account to me real accountability. You pay for that with your tax dollars. And then occasionally they collect together and decide to restrict your rights. The governments are the ones doing this to us, guys, and it's not left or right. We need to really realize where this is going and what that amounts to. Question everything, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Make sure I got this up real quick before I finish it out. Make sure I got, there it is. All right, guys, I love you. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Mr. Middlecross
1: Prosperity, who is a member of Parliament here in Ottawa, what is the average cost for a home in the city of Ottawa?
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Uh, Mr. Speaker, my uh, title is the Minister of Tourism and Associate Minister of Finance. I'm sure my honourable colleague across the way knows that. But let me say, Mr. Speaker, 156,000 jobs.
5: The Honourable Member for Carleton.
1: The Minister of Treasury Board uh, can uh, help uh, by telling us the average cost of a house in uh, the the nation's capital.
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, I want to say 106% of jobs have been recovered since the lowest point of the pandemic.
5: Member for Carleton.
1: What is the uh, average increase in house prices since this government took uh, took office in 2015?
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, Canada's economy contracted by 17% between February and April 2020, the largest and most sudden contraction in real GDP since the Great Depression, and we're already back.
1: We'll Member for Carleton, Just the average house price. The Honourable Minister.
7: 5.5 million Canadians lost their jobs, and they're all back.
1: Member for Carleton. And what would they pay for the average house? The Mr. Speaker, the in minister.
7: 2020, unemployment rated more than doubled from a pre-pandemic level of 5.7 percent to a record of 13.7 percent. Six percent now. Member for Carleton.
1: I think there's a problem with the audio in the chamber. <laughs> the question was, what is the average cost of a house in Canada today?
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, our government has made historic investments in housing affordability, and we will continue to do so.
5: The Honourable Member for Carleton. And how
1: affordable are such houses? The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, our government has made historic investments in housing. We will continue to do so so that housing is affordable for all Canadians. The
1: Honourable Member for Carleton. If so, how much have house prices uh, increased since this government took
5: office? The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, let's talk about how it is possible for people to afford their houses with good employment. And that's why employment income fell by an unprecedented $28 billion during the, percent during the pandemic. The
5: Honourable Member for Carleton.
1: One last time, in dollars, how much have house prices risen since this government took office?
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, consumer confidence is back. People are back to work. 106% of jobs have been recovered since the lowest point in the pandemic.
5: The Honourable Member for Carlton. How much? Minister.
7: From a steep decline in profits, we're back 66% since the bottom of the pandemic.
5: Carlton. How much? Member, Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker. The economy is recovering.
5: Member for Carleton.
1: Does the minister have any idea what it costs for the average person to buy a house in Canada? Does he have any idea, or does he even care? Mr. Speaker,
5: the,
7: the minister city helped more than 213,000 businesses stay afloat. Well,
1: I think that the average Canadian can see how much this government knows and cares about the cost uh, of buying a home in this country, uh, which is... Their, their, their level of care is zero. I'm going to give him one last chance. Can he tell us what it costs the average Canadian to buy the average house in Canada today? How much? Mr.
5: The Honourable Minister.
7: Mr. Speaker, the Serb helped nearly 9 million Canadians who lost their jobs when COVID hit, making housing affordable for them. We will continue to.